we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz in the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umlaut from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Last month when we first connected, or last year yeah. when we first connected, and I was like, wow, it's been so long. And we tried to make it happen, but it was when the devil had control of my internet. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something. I, 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 like I tell, I tell everybody, so there's such a thing as paranormal sabotage, which is where just things don't work out. No matter how hard you're making it try to work. And I'm talking from scheduling all the way to electronics. Yeah. And I know what you mean. Yeah, being doing this stuff for this long, you find out that uh, you're at the mercy of all types oh, of other yes. energies. But it's so funny, too, because like we'll put that out there because you wanted to talk about. Well, I want to talk about the, the paranormal and all these stories and things mm -hmm. that you've experienced and people you've right. interviewed. And but you want to talk about the psychology behind it, too, yes. and the mind and hypnosis and things like that, um, which are all linked together. And just speaking of this, like things not working out the juju tied with it because I just remember even last week having some talks with some friends they're trying to and I, I go through this all the time like building in a certain direction trying to make something happen and nothing's working mm -hmm. like they're running in the blockages nobody's responding um so they look to the divine well maybe God doesn't want me doing this maybe yes. this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing just because it hasn't taken off yet you know, and we kind of like tie that to the divine telling us no. Yes. God said no because you got seven views on your podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. Sure. And I, I think that there's two aspects to that, what you're talking about. And I, and I think everybody's experienced it personally or you hear people. And I think there's two things. You want to look at the psychological aspect. And I studied the subconscious a lot. Sometimes people sabotage themselves through their subconscious in a lot of weird ways. That's not yeah. apparent. And they'll be asking themselves that same question you just said, man, I'm trying so hard and this is not happening. It's not working. Or they do something that kind of dooms them to fail. And it's either, believe it or not, they're afraid of being successful because then their comfort zone is where they're at. And if they succeed, even a little bit, that unknown area, that is very scary to the human, a human being subconscious. Their logical mind tells them, hey, I want to succeed. I want to go forward. But subconsciously, they don't. They're afraid of what comes with it, especially success. They sabotage themselves. That's the psychological aspect as far as what we do to ourselves. This, per se, has nothing uh, spiritual or mystical to it. The flip side of it is, is that one of the things that, you, that I've experienced personally is when you're going down the right road, if you want to say angels guide you, Doors open for you. Doors open for you. 
Uh, It's the opposite of what you're describing. The obstacles are not there. You meet the right person. You get the right phone call. And uh, I'm going to throw something in. Sometimes people want certain things and it's got to be that thing that they've imagined or they prayed for. It's got to be that that way. And they don't leave room, whether, whether it's their expectations or their prayers, for something better. But sometimes we lock ourselves into this mindset that's got to be that way or that outcome. And maybe there's something better for you and you got to let go a little bit. How's that? You got to maybe ask for something, pray for something, but then you got to let step back and let maybe something else that might be even better step in because you're limiting yourself. So, I mean, there's a lot of angles to that scenario that you yeah, just talked about. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you think, I mean, you tied in self-sabotage. That's a yeah. big one. Yes. You know, of like wanting it so bad, but then we get it. You know, we're scared. It's a new environment. And then we just burn bridges and self-sabotage for because it feels different. It's yeah. we're not comfortable there. It's a new territory and relationships get severed and stuff, too, with it because yes. it brings about all the, these different ideas and but it's, it almost seems like, too, it's like all of this stuff stems from just a shift in consciousness, Yes. you know, yes. of like, uh, is God for me or is God against me? Is, you know, are the angels here to help me or are the demons out to get me? Right. This whole shift in consciousness shifts your perspective and what you bring in to your reality. Right. Just, just shifting, you know, changing the way that you look at things yes. and then the things that you look at change. Right. Well, it's, you know how they say, do you see the universe as hostile or friendly? Okay. And let me, it's much easier. Let's say, let's blame God instead of blaming myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's called. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or you the know, devil. Or, or the, the devil. devil. Yeah. Blame or the, the devil. devil. Yeah. You know, the devil's working against me. And by this, I'm not saying that sometimes there is interference or spiritual turbulence that comes from that. And I'm not saying no, but sometimes it's much easier to lay the blame on that versus yeah. saying I did stuff consciously, subconsciously. Sometimes not obviously, by the way, most of the time it's not exactly like what you said. If I start going in the direction of being successful, you're believe it or not, your subconscious mind will anticipate or know, like you said, end of relationships. Um, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a, a, a significant other. It could be friendships. It could be even the place you work and your subconscious extrapolates and goes, if you get successful or you start going into that, you know, all of these things around you will have to be fade away. You'll, you might even have to consciously make the decision to sever the cord. And that scares most people. Yeah, I mean, there there is going to be a, a shifting. There is going to be a changing, yes. right? I mean, you know, most people say that you change, right? When you start a new job, right. you know, things change. Circumstances and situations change like the wind sometimes. And people are used to consistency. We want yes. the same thing. I could see that in my own life of wanting something to be constant right we need stability and stuff is ever changing so stepping into those new seasons and the transitions can be hard especially when people already have you in a box and they already have you figured out they know your schedule you know but when you change whether it's getting a new job or stepping into you know becoming successful or whatever it is they say oh what well, you changed and it's not that you've changed for the bad but in their eyes you have you know what I'm saying? Because you're not meeting their needs like you used to. Exactly. You're stepping out of that that mold and maybe you don't have as much time as you used to. That's a big one for me. 
Like I used to stay on the phone with with friends for like eight hours, nine hours while I was a truck driver. I have my earpiece mm-hmm. and I talk to them all day. And now I'm lucky if I talk to them once a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, hey, man, you changed. Now you're big time. It's like, no, like if I'm talking to you, that means I'm not creating or I'm not exactly. working, you know, because it's changed up now. Now I just can't passively talk. So people would look and say, oh, you don't have time for us anymore. You know, right. in those kind of situations. And people usually take that as a negative. And you, believe it or not, there's a lot of people that I'm going to say success. And by that, when I mean success, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be celebrity status. A lot of times success, whatever, escapes them because they get held back by that conversation you had. Their friends saying, and I don't want to say that they do it purposely with that I care, hold you back. You're yeah. changing. You know, like what you just said, oh, now you're you're big time. Like, you're too good for us. That kind of deal. And some people really are scared of falling into being that person. And they they never let go. They, again, it's also easier to say, blame it on that. You know, I don't want to be thought of as the guy that, hey, you know, forgot where he came from. <laughs> or yeah, because it comes with it. Of yeah, it, com- it definitely comes with it. I've right, definitely had know? to experience it on yeah. many levels and. And then you have to examine yourself. Am I changing? Am I becoming yes. the douchebag? Which is not a bad now? thing, Am by I... the way. There's nothing wrong with changing. As a matter of fact, exactly, I really think exactly. We but you want to change lives. for the good. Yeah. You want to change yes. for the good. You want to make sure that you, you know, you're doing that. You know. Yes. Yes. There are. T- we change sometimes. Change comes in like I say, kerplunks like a two by four. But... And then there's other times that it's gradual. You know. But I think that we run into problems when we really hold on and we dig in our heels. And, and it's like, I'm sure you've had that experience like when you start a new job, you feel really uncomfortable. It's like, you don't know anybody, you don't know your boss, and you're like, man, I want to go home and go to sleep. <laughs> and, and then I say, sometimes that's good because that uncomfortableness means you're pushing out your horizons. That's fine. Don't worry. You'll get yeah. through it. You might feel even anxious. Don't worry. Your anxiety's going to peak and then you're going to come down. And then you know what? A month later, two months later, three months later, depending on what you do, it's like, it's all good. You're okay. But yeah. some people, that anxiety or that, I don't know anybody and what are they saying and I don't know what I'm doing. They can't, they, they just cannot handle it. It's like, write it out. And it's like everything, not, not the job, a lot of things. When you're doing something new and you're like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> what is this? And you're like, maybe I should just stop. And sometimes it's you, you yourself not wanting to deal with that uncomfortable thing called change. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of things behind it. And again, and then there's another aspect which you mentioned, which is when there's something, pardon the pun, coming out of left field, which does, is in interfering with your best laid plans or your best uh, efforts towards something. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, you know, the the anxiety, the, the butterflies in the stomach, that's good because yes. like e- eventually it's going to go away. It's gonna you know go what away, I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, when I was working on the job and we'd have guys come down from corporate. And then so everybody's on their best behavior, the way we yes. work. We want to make sure we do. We're doing everything by the books and loading our trucks was what we were doing and sorting parts and stuff. And, and everybody was like when the guy from corporate, there was a a level of respect, you know, and Mm -hmm. shaking their hand and being real professional and stuff like that. Everybody was just walking a fine line. And I was too. And I'm shaking their hand. Hey, how's it going? I'm there, you know. And, uh, and then the the guy had to ride with me from corporate. He rode with me and I was with him for like 14 hours one day. 
and we get in the truck and he's just he's he lets loose he's telling dirty jokes and, and you're like just, yeah and i'm like oh he's like hey you could speed up some and i'm like kind of nervous because they're like judging your driving and sure. then and then he's like a regular guy we get back to the office and then the next day he comes in and he's like hey what's up true seeker he's calling me my rap name <laughs> and everybody else is still like walking on eggshells around this guy but i'm like man this is the this guy puts his pants on one leg at a time so it killed that weird facade yes. that i had around this person that everybody else is still scared because of this position or notoriety yeah. or whatever yes. so that was really weird you know it was and like a that shoot. happens that happens a lot with with jobs and people yes. and stuff you know yeah. when stuff's new and scary you know yeah but some people that uncomfortableness they, they think they can't take it some people feel like anxious and and it's like don't worry the anxiety is not going to kill you it's not and it'll gradually go away maybe a, a little by little every day um you know and then be, there'll come a point where it you can't even remember that you feel uncomfortable same thing as when you start school you know when you're a kid and all those things but a lot of people uh and i'm talking about when you start trying to go forward in any field of life whatever it might be um that they didn't want to deal with that change, that uncomfortableness. And I want to say a lot of people, you know, when they get it, when they're really old, <laughs> you know, when they say in your old, you have regrets, they look back and they go, why didn't I do that? You know, when you're old and you realize some of the things that you thought really mattered, don't matter, you know, just like Tom heals all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You look at things that at that moment you thought were huge, monumental. Why did yeah. I, you know, the risk seemed so huge that you backed down from it. And when you're old, you look back and you go, why didn't I just try it? You know, why didn't I just do it? That regret kind of thing. And by this, I mean, uh, you know, calculated risk. I'm not saying don't be stupid either. But after, and, 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 and I don't know if you want to talk about this, what I call the, the execute. You know, a lot of people plan, they research. They do, they run around, <laughs> you know, and they measure and, they, you know, they do. And then they never execute. You I know. hate that. Yeah. <laughs> our biggest not, enemy as creatives. Yes, it's our biggest yes. enemy. And, and, and Consistency and things. execution. Let me tell you something about execution. You run across that in a lot of things in your life. Okay. There's so many that you talk yourself out of it and you kind of feel good because, you know, that was really the time's not right. Or, you know, I figured out or, you know, I read this blog that said this really negative. <laughs> They'll put all and they never do the E word. There's a point, And this is, I think, where faith comes in where you got to do it. You got to jump. Yeah. You got to like say, okay, worst case scenario. Mm, okay. Well, I'm going to do it because I'm going to bank that I did my homework and there's just a point that I can't plan or research anymore or wait for the perfect time. You know, that the course of time is not, you know, that excuse that people have, the timing is not good. You know what? There's times that you got to do it and do what I call the E word execute. And because otherwise, again, you will always have all the excuses. Well, you know what? Once upon a time, I thought of doing that, but you know, it wasn't a good time or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And that's all you got at the end of your life is excuses. But I think that kind of cheats us. We cheat ourselves out of the human experience. I think yeah. that's when we do that. Yeah, stepping out of the comfort zone, you know? Yeah. And um, there's a quote I read on, on Facebook uh, today, I think it was, that says, uh, pretty much said a ship is safe on the shore 
but it wasn't created to be there it was created to sail you know but it's safe as long as as long as you stay here you're good as long as i stay at this job that i've been at for 10 years 15 years i'm good i'm good but it's not what i was created for i was created for much more i was created to, to 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 sing i was created to create an album write a book start a podcast you yes. know go to another job and just try it put in that application you know but it's scary we don't execute on it we have all these ideas and i think that when you when you're plagued by those ideas you gotta you have to step out there's it's like begging you to step out right it's the, if you want to say it's god or the universe or whatever mm-hmm. it's like beckoning you to hey Come on, man. The, the water's right. But I know you're scared, but get through it, you know? Well, you, you know, you, you hear a lot of people, historically speaking, that have been successful. And then, you know, in the autobiography or biographies, they'll say, you know, they had all these, uh, you know, failures. Or, or if you're a creator, stuff that wasn't good. And But we look at it, like, overall, because we have the the availability of seeing that person's life in totality. That at the end, they were successful. But that day-to-day, do you know how that person might have felt when they had those things that just didn't turn out good <laughs> and it's like yeah but we want we want somebody to hold our hand and say what if i guarantee you at the end of everything everything will be okay mm-hmm. how would you handle it if you if, if right now i could say whatever it is that you're going to try to do whatever it is i guarantee you in the end everything will work out and you'll be a success people will be like falling over themselves like okay you know do it i'll do that because it's again that fear of failure or of overcoming it and trying again. And um, and again, I'm gonna say, and, and that thing that, and I'm gonna say nowadays, you know, because we have so much access to people, um, people think that that spotlight of failure will forever be on you. <laughs> and at the end of the day, people don't remember. So you flubbed something. It didn't work out right. It was kind of bad. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking here from the creator. If you're creating something, guess what? That spotlight is not going to be on you forever and ever. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, most people are so into their thing that that's momentary. The only one that's like carrying on going, oh my God. And you know, you know, you lash yourself with it is you, you know, it's like, yeah, oh, that was not a good thing. Yeah. You <laughs> start airing, airing stuff out. I've seen people do that on social media and I've tried not to, mm-hmm. maybe some of it uh, slips out just cause I'm so open. But I've seen people like give their trolls and their accusers a platform yeah. of, and, and they yeah. will introduce their community and their following their fan base to stuff that nobody knows about. Yeah. But these couple trolls are inboxing them or making videos that nobody's seeing. And then they'll start talking about it and sharing and say, hey, look what they did. And now we're all looking into it because you gave because like you said, you're the only one that's to you. This is, oh man, uh, they're trying to get me, you know? And uh-huh. it, it, all these people are plotting out on me. And it's really like two people. But yes, in your sir. mind, it's like, oh man, it's all of these people who are trying to end you. And then you give them a platform and now everybody knows about it. Part of me, part of me kind of feels like I've seen some people do it. And it's almost like they just want the attention. Like right. they're like, they want to share it. Maybe it's a pity party. Maybe it's a woe is me. Yes. You know, maybe, hey, I'm under attack, guys. Look, help me or something, right? Yes. When people share it out. Because I know people, they're known for, like, share. Like, when somebody sends them a, a, a mean message or makes fun of them, they'll screenshot it, and that's their Instagram post. So right. it kind of, like, welcomes that. And they're known for, you know, showing off these 
mean comments and stuff that they get, right? Versus like, I like to silence them. I like to say, hey, you're not gonna hijack my platform. Exactly. Versus screenshot, hey, everybody, look what they said to me. Every now and then, you know, I just let people know that it's out there, but some of it is like, you know, we're, we're giving them a voice and, and allowing them to take credit for- uh, You know what they do when you react, they're controlling. They, if you ignore somebody, and we'll use that instance. We can we can apply it to a lot. When somebody says something to get you to react, because believe it or not, for these people, there's nothing worse than being ignored. I'm not gonna ignore yeah. you. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna debate with you. I'm not even gonna open. I'm not even gonna defend yeah. myself. That's worse because once you react, they have gotten control. They made you react, and then of course, if you do what you just described, which is defend yourself or point them out, look what they did, look what they said. They're in there, whether they realize it or not, they've got control. They've gotten to you. They've breached the wall. Okay. For sure. <laughs> Whereas if you ignore them, it's like, yeah, all right. Okay, whatever. What What was your name? You know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, for people like that. And like you said, eventually they fade away and they move on to somebody else. Yeah. That they can, that will react, defend themselves, um, basically see them. Because up to yeah. that point, they're invisible. Uh, and that's what you do in those cases. And I hate to say it in, in our world where that happens a lot with the trolls. That's exactly what you do. You just ignore yeah. them. It's like, yeah, all right. Who cares? Yeah, they, uh, that's what they want. They're trying to yeah. get you to respond. Yes. And, uh, and I've seen people, and I've done it. I've done it to other people, like back in the day, just joking. Like saying, because you know the mean comment is going to get them to to jump or to lash out. And even though they were joking about it, you know? And I was like, oh, I didn't really mean that. I really love what you got going on. Like, well, why would you say yeah, that? Exactly. And people have told me, I said that because I knew that you would respond. I was like, oh, so you had to, you know, punch below the belt to get me to respond, you know? And they just want a reaction. So, uh, yeah, you feeding, you know, don't feed the trolls. You know what I'm saying? Don't give them the attention right. that they seek. Make them build their own platform and all that kind all of right. stuff. Or move on to, to somebody else that's doing. going to like go into, get into a dialogue with them, the back and forth or whatever. Or like you said, or somebody that's going to start going out there to their audience and saying, yeah, look, you know, look, look at what this person has said. All of a sudden this person who was unknown, okay, gets a bunch of eyes on them and they're like, yeah, that's what I wanted all along. Yeah. You know? And uh, I mean, taste of it, and I hate to say it, how many celebrities nowadays do you know that are famous because of notoriety. That's it. That's their only talent. They're notorious. If you look at their talents, they really don't have any per se. Okay, they're just notorious. And usually how they got there was they stepped up the ladder of saying outrageous things to people that had some type of recognition, audience, whatever. And then, you know, they just climbed the ladder up. And uh, it's like, well, if you want to do it, but you're not going to do it on my back. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a bit and it's getting bigger and bigger now, especially on YouTube and stuff. The uh, reaction videos where you don't have to create comment. You just do content. You just do commentary on someone else's work, critiquing the work, making right. fun of the work, being impressed yes. by the work. Now, you have to be an entertainer and, and get the people laughing or get them involved right, yeah. and say little witty, witty stuff. But as far as like you, you're getting big off of doing yeah. commentary on other people's music or current events or whatever, which is really, really strange. And even in the Christian realm, there's a bunch of that too. I call them, people have like a uh, exposing ministry where they say so-and-so exposed. And so their whole platform is pointing out what you're doing wrong versus them creating something beautiful that didn't Original, exist. 
their own original. That all they can do is piggyback off of what you've done, but they're becoming popular. Like people, yes. people tune in. They they love just because the person has a personality or they're funny or mm-hmm. or maybe they you know other people resonate with the cause. Who a bunch of people who are against what you're doing, yes. it's catching on now. And there's a lot of people yes. with these. I mean, millions of subscribers. Uh, well, just, and, and this is the thing: when you're a creator, it, there's a lot of work behind the scenes to produce, to create. And like oh, you said, sure. they're, 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 they're doing, you're doing the heavy lifting and they're the ones that are getting the views or whatever the case might be, whatever it is that they're doing. Yes. And, and that's unfortunate that that is, but, and, and we go in here into the psychology of, there's a point where you realize I cannot control these people. You can't, you know, people sometimes get really frustrated and anxious because let's say you've got somebody that's attacking you or doing something. You can't, you know, unless let's say they're using your material, for example, but if, you know, there's something where if they're critiquing it, blah, 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 fair, right, fair use, whatever. But there comes a point where you cannot control everybody and people get frustrated. And there's a point you've got to let go, pray, wait, hope for the best and say, you know what? I know eventually you're going to go down in flames, whatever, and let them get them burn out because you cannot control everybody. You can't. And that goes, you know, whether it's what you described or even in our personal lives, you can't control everybody. As a matter of fact, really, in reality, the only one you can control is yourself and maybe your children when they're small, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you can't, you know, you stop them from going out the front door. But outside of that, that's it. That's it. And once we get to that realization that, you know, because some, sometimes when we feel that we can control, it makes us feel safer, more grounded, stops the anxiety. And when things are out of control and people are doing and saying things and you're like, what is this? You know, let it go. Once you let go of that responsibility and go, ah, that's it. It's like, man, wow, that's a weight off my shoulders. And um, and again, you know, like everything, you have to calculate uh, how much of an impact this person is really, truly. Because a lot of and that's one thing I have to say, especially nowadays, things are very fleeting attention is very fleeting when it comes to things like that like you said now they've got a million views but a year from now they could nobody would even remember their name but yeah. at that moment they're like wow it's very fleeting you know that kind of thing it comes quick and easy and it disappears just the same way yeah for sure um talk a little bit about your podcast how many how many podcasts do you have I want to say because I have like a series of podcasts I have uh, stories of the supernatural from Miami Ghost Chronicles which is where I interview people I've got over 500 of that. I also do a podcast, um, another podcast series, uh, which is uh, Supernatural Storytime. And there I read people's uh, stories or the experiences they've had with the supernatural, the paranormal. I've been receiving emails since like the early 2000s of people that would send me emails. And I kept them. And uh, and then there's uh, Nightshade Diary, which is I read podcasts. These are like, uh, classic ghost stories, adventure stories, some of the newer ones, maybe some Stephen King short stories, you know, for people that, uh, you know, this is your free audiobook thing. That's just me. I got like that going on. <laughs> but yeah, I, I interview a lot of people because after, since I've been doing that, the paranormal work for so long, I know a lot of people, a lot of people that I knew that were doing it don't do that anymore. And I tell everybody, most people don't realize that in this work, there comes a point that you burn out. Okay. Uh, especially when you run across experiences with um, 
dark hauntings, malevolence, things of that nature. I think there's something that your soul says you need to step away. In other words, your um, how good, how long you can do that without imperiling yourself is there's there's a there's an expiration date on that. And I do a lot of consulting. I get a lot of phone calls from groups, people that know me from across the United States that will ask me about certain things. And but that's um, but I, I very rarely do I do an investigation now. Number one, I'm really busy. Number two, because. Um, I want to say, like, especially now with the advent of the paranormal reality shows, you get a lot of people that it's like when you're doing an investigation, it's like, okay, you guys, all you got is a lot of good imagination. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then you come across stuff where people are really, and sometimes it's a legitimate haunting, and then there's other things that are very dark. I have found a lot of stuff where, yeah, there's something in the house, but people have been having problems that's attached to them. And like I said, even when I was doing hypnotherapy and alternatives, I, I dealt with uh, spiritual attachments, okay? And this is something that follows you around. In other words, it doesn't matter where you live. You're going to run into a problem, okay? Um, it, I mean, I, I've seen that, and, and I've dialogued with spirits that are attached to people. Sometimes they're human spirits, and sometimes they're not, okay? But like I said, there comes a point where you have to step back at it a little bit from it because uh, how can I say um, and I'm going to give you an example I tell everybody most hardcore investigators I knew that I was going to get a case or that a case was legitimate because before I even went on the investigation I would have things happen or see things around where I lived as a matter of fact, and I, and I tell everybody, I, I used to have uh, my other property. My office used to be like a detached garage, and I had built it like a little office. And on the side, I used to have, you know, those um, those frosted uh, glass on the, on the window. And I used to have a little alleyway, like where I used to put my trash cans and stuff. In, but nobody would normally be there. It would just look out in my backyard. That's where I would work from because it was quiet. And you don't know how many times I would see a shadow flitting back and forth, somebody walking back there. And when I would, a lot of times, I would say, because that's the only window I had there, I was like, I'm going to get a case. Or if I had gotten a case, I know, okay, there's something up here. Because if you think that spiritual turbulence or whether it's an intelligent a haunting or whatever's going on. It's going to wait for you to get there. I got news for you. It doesn't. It comes to check you out and interfere depending on what's going on or ask for help, by the way. Sometimes you legitimately have a human soul that was trapped that needed to be crossed over, needed to be helped. Okay. And they're making, they, they don't wait for you to show up. That's what I'm saying. Most people that are truly have done paranormal work, it doesn't really start when you drive up to wherever you're going. It, they come to see you and um, there comes a point, you know, when that, which is your original question, why I just, I'm just doing the podcast and interviewing people because they're, I've been doing it for so long that I said, I need to step back from this because as a matter of fact, um, when I was doing the hypnotherapy, I used to have people come to that office, which was at my house. And after a while, and then I moved to this other property where I'm at now and I, where I'm sitting now. It used to be my office as well. And I used to bring my clients here. 
there come a point that I said, this is not smart. I got to stop this. And I'm not talking about safety as in physical, you know, safety. I did it because it was bleeding over into my personal life. And you have to have really strong boundaries because a lot of people, despite what they see in these paranormal reality shows, like, oh, that's so much fun. You go to these weird places and there's a, not all the time, but there's an inherent spiritual danger involved in this work. And anybody who underestimates that is in for a very rude awakening and an awful one, by the way. Yeah. Can can fascination with that stuff and can that open up doors, especially not knowing what you're doing to like demonic possession and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Hauntings yes. coming back with you, like you go even go to a place and come back and now the thing is attached or yes. other things that are similar is attached because you're an open vessel. Yes. One of the things I tell people, like attracts like in the metaphysical realm, like attracts like. Okay. If you're an angry person, okay. If you're a sad person, and, and, and I'm gonna give you an example. Let's say you're, you're a normal person, but you're going through something in your life and you might be really sad, maybe even a little bit depressed. And I'm very careful about using the word depressed because I, I look at it from the clinical point of view. You can be sad, doesn't mean you're depressed. Okay, <laughs> people yeah. we don't wanna go from zero to 60, you know, we're human beings. It's okay yeah. to be sad, you know, and it doesn't mean depression as in clinical depression. But let's say something going on in your personal life where you're really sad for, it's not like an overnight sadness. You've been sad, a loss of a job, a relationship. You're sad and you're dealing with it. Sometimes it opens you up when you go, let's say, on an investigation or someplace where you become the target. Your defenses are down, even on a spiritual level. Or you're an angry person, <laughs> you know. So, yes, it's a likes attracts like. Uh, and you can that you were saying that you could have an attachment from that. Okay, there's different levels of attachments, you know, whether it's influence of oppression, infestation, obsession to outright possession. Okay, normally if you're okay and something tries to influence you, they, they might hang around and you might get like a weird, let's say you come back from one of these places. For a couple of days, you're thinking stuff that, that's like, man, that's not like me. Like, really weird. Maybe sometimes horrific stuff. Like, what is that? But then you dismiss it. And then it goes away. Or you'll say something. Man, why did I say that? That's really bad. Or, yeah. And then it goes away. Because depending on your lifestyle, your spiritual, how you are spiritually. And by this, I'm not saying in any direction. I'm just saying that. It goes away because it just cannot get in. That attachment doesn't is not able to surpass what it is. But if you're not there, that you could get a very, very horrible attachment, especially. There's a, let me tell you something. When you have a spirit that's not in the presence of the divine, okay? Let's, let's go with the human spirit. That spirit is normally angry, frustrated. The worst human characteristics are there either because they're out of the presence of the divine or they were that kind of human being to begin with. Okay. And that's where you get a lot of people like it. If people think it's only demonic, you could have an attachment from a really bad uh, person that was just a bad human being. Nothing per se as far as they're non-human. But, uh, and then I've had attachments where people start after a while assuming the characteristics and doing things that really has to do with the attachment or the interference from that spirit. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a very it's a very slippery slope. And like you said, the fascination with that, that right there is your first that you have to like pull yourself back and go, OK, 
and, and that's the thing that I tell everybody. Some, some people think of the fascination with the paranormal like, okay, what they see in the movies. You know, weird stuff, furniture flies through the air. <laughs> that's not the way it works sometimes. It will unravel your life little by little. Okay? It might even take weeks, months, years. I've seen it that the point of origin was that spiritual attachment. Where somebody has yep. an okay life, all of a sudden, it starts sliding. God forbid you're on the precipice of not doing that well. It will push you over. And sometimes, you know how it works? I tell everybody. It's the little voice, that little push to push you over the edge. It doesn't have to be that major, you know. Like that full-blown possession, you know, your head spins around. No, no, no. All you need is to do the one horrible thing that you get that voice or that little moment of madness, for lack of a better word, when you do it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And then it's downhill from there. And then, of course, uh, that's when you see people that they fall then into real depression, hopelessness, isolation, so on and so forth. Some people can blame it on mental illness. And by the way, one thing, you can have both things. Some people say, oh, either it's spiritual attachments or it's a mental illness. No, you can have both. You can have a behavior disorder. And this thing is making you a hundred times worse than you would be without that interference. So, I mean, there's there's a, the, that fascination. You have to be really, really careful because I want to say that it's been... Um, I don't want to say... I, I mean, I know it's fun when you think of the haunted house or these people that are legend tripping, but you have to be... Hey, Tom, I'm heading to Walmart because you know what season it is. Oh, is it pumpkin spice season? Uh, no, it's flu season and Walmart gives flu shots. Yes, flu season is here and we've got your back with flu shots where you already shop. Our expert pharmacy team administers each flu shot and can answer your vaccine questions. Stay safe this flu season. Stop by your local Walmart pharmacy and get your flu shot today. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks really careful because people don't realize that sometimes you you get more than what you bargained for when it comes yeah to um what what are some of the most convincing or intriguing stories that you've read testimonies that you've got experiences that you know to be true whether they're your own or whether you read them from other people like I have both. I have my own experiences, well, you know, but then I, I know other people's stuff. But what is some of the like the what is some of the meat and potatoes of whether it's aliens, demons, spirits, angels that came through and just you know, stories in them. You know what I'm saying? When when it when the veil is thin and they cross over mm -hmm. to the side, what are some of the most intriguing experiences well, that you've heard of? Oh, uh, God, I have so many. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you for instance. This is this is a, I, a young guy. I um he came originally to me for hypnotherapy to stop smoking. He was uh he was smoking and and then, by the way, this guy had his life together. He had a great job. He was maybe mid twenties, 
he was doing good. He was his job, everything in his life. And he came to me and he asked me, you know, to stop smoking. Which, by the way, a lot of the people that eventually did alternative hyp hypnosis with me started coming in for regular stuff, weight control, stop smoking. Once we got to trust the thing going on. So one time he calls me up and he says, look, I need to t see you about something. I said, sure, what is it? And he says, look, I have this problem where I don't usually drink, but when I go out with on the weekends with my friends and I have a couple of drinks, I black out and I start doing stuff, crazy stuff. He says, I wreck stuff. I've, I've run across highways. My friends are starting to get scared of going out with me because, and I just, and I can't remember it. He says, they're telling me, yeah, you did this and you did that. And, and he says, and I can't remember it. And he says, and it doesn't take that much alcohol. And I'm usually, I'm not a drinker. It's not like somebody that was having blackouts because, hey, you're drinking so much that you're having blackouts. And of course you don't remember. He says, my friends are like, man, we're, we're and going out with you is like, he says he had wrecked places. And I said, okay, well, it, and he goes, there's something going on, whatever. He's just telling me that he's felt stuff like maybe since he was 12 or 13. I said, okay, let's find out. So I put him under hypnosis and this is a, and what's really funny is usually I would, I used to have another hypnotherapist in the room with me. And that day she couldn't be there. But since I already knew him from before, I said, sure, come on over. <laughs> All right. Well, I put him under and guess what? He had a demonic attachment and this thing starts making his body go, talking to me in a voice that was not his. Okay. And by the way, when you put somebody under hypnosis and everything, and you, this is not like somebody off the street that I had no idea who they were. And you could tell. There's certain things that you could tell. And uh, thankfully, it was a low-grade demonic attachment, which meant it wasn't that really intelligent. It was just really malevolent. And... Um, and basically this was, it turns out that this thing was interfering, the attachment had come because he was working uh, in the field of legally for uh, to stop human trafficking. And this thing was trying to sabotage mm. what he was doing in his regular work. Yeah. Okay. Because at that some point I was like, okay, how do, how is this happening? This is, and then, because believe it or not, there comes a point that they will talk to you they do correspond back to you and and now and now before any i when i do this work i call on angelic help okay i do call on angelic help and protection and they're there and they're they're either going to leave one way or the other voluntarily or they're going to be taken out you know it's like you know this is not like oh you don't want to go because of course you're not going to want to go but i've seen transformation in the, of like that of people with attachments and the reason why i pointed that out is that again, people think that when you have a demonic attachment, you're acting weird, okay? All the time, you know, like you gotta stand on your head like that. Sometimes people can be acting kind of normal or, or from the outside look like they have a normal life going on and then stuff like this will happen. And basically what that thing was trying to do was at some point that he would do something so outrageous that he would end up getting arrested and then derail what he was doing. Because he was, <clears throat> at that point, he was working with some attorneys that were legally working to stop uh, human trafficking. Yeah. And he was thinking of himself, of, he was studying eventually to become an attorney specializing in that type, in that area. 
Okay, which is, by the way, it's very, it's a very intense type of work. It is. All right, and that's a whole thing as far as you want to talk about demonic activity, human trafficking. That's that yeah. right there is the hallmark of it. That 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 whole thing is whatever. And yeah. kids I mean, in cages and stuff. Oh, I mean, just everything. Yeah. It's because you have to understand one thing is the smuggling and the other thing is a trafficking. Two different things. You can you get some to traffic somebody. They don't have to have been smuggled. They get trafficked within the United States. You know, the child prostitution. Okay, mm -hmm. they get taken from one city. Trafficking basically is taking them from one point A to point B for the purposes of whatever it is. Okay, whether sometimes it's prostitution, sometimes it's believe it or not, it could even be labor. Uh, doesn't you know? It doesn't necessarily just have to be from a sexual aspect. Um, so he was into that, and this is what this thing was doing. And luckily, like I said, I got it. Well, they, I asked angels to take it out, and it was. But this thing, this he became a different person. I, I used to have like a one of those easy chairs, you know, the ones that you pull your feet back up. That's where I would work with my client side. And this, he started to like his body went like in in ways that, and I was thinking, about, oh my God, Marlene, of all the days not to have your other your helper here, you know. But it was like one of these things that when you're there, you you gotta handle it. You can't back down. And part of it comes from having enough belief and faith that you're protected from a spiritual or angelic realm, okay? As to really, in other words, this is when you really, really know if you believe, truly believe in your heart, what you say, you know, as far as being protected or believing in angels or, or calling for the protection of whatever it is, the divine God, however you, whatever is that, that, that's in your universe that you feel protects you, this is when you really find out, do you really believe it? Do you? <laughs> or do you go oh no 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 yeah uh, um and, and and i tell you know I, a lot of my cases were people that would say because a lot of times they would end up especially earlier when you know psychic you know paranormal investigations were not so popular people would basically come to you like this, you're my last hope a lot of times they had gone to clergy or anybody from their church if they had even people that weren't church going they would end up in the church asking for help <laughs> yeah for sure we i had a lot of people say look they kind of told me that i was crazy or they didn't believe me and i said no they believe you and he goes no no they don't believe you. i go yes they do believe you they're like what do you mean i go they believe you they're scared of it they're scared of it they you come to them with marriage problems with a kid that's unruly with some type of crisis they'll help you they'll help you Yep. When this, they understand very well, nine times out of ten, because when you work with people, let's say whether you're a priest or some clergy, you work with people, you kind of figure out who's the ones that are not wound too tight. And when somebody <laughs> walks in there and you know this person, they're legit. They're, they're, they're describing something they're really scared of. You know, you know that they're telling the truth. But what are you going to tell them? I believe you, but I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of helping you. And this person's going to turn around and say, but wait a minute. You're supposed to be the leader of this church or this congregation. How can you be scared? So the alternative is to kind of be a little bit dismissive or making you think that it's you or that, you know, you're imagining it or that. And I go, yeah, they believe it. They just, they don't want to lose face. They don't want to lose face with you. They're like, they look at me. Yeah. I go, that, believe it or not, that, that, that happens a lot of times. Like I said, I would run across those people that were at their ropes end because who they thought was going to help them because of a, by the way, this is a spiritual problem. 
Okay, if you think that you have uh, some type of infestation in your house, whether it's a regular human spirit, a haunting, a residual, something that's just, you know, on a loop, it's normal for you to go seek help from somebody that deals in the spiritual. You know, that you don't go yeah. to your therapist and go, by the way, I think I have a ghost, you know, like your counselor. <laughs> I think I have a ghost. I, yeah. I hear these weird sounds or somebody breathing on me when I'm asleep. And your therapist is going to go, okay, well, let me take out, let me take out my little prescription. I think you need to take this pill. You know, that's not who you go to for the type of yeah. help. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, th and that's, that's a matter of fact, that's when I wrote one of my books, uh, Supernatural Safety. It's a paranormal DIY. And in there, you know, I give a lot of ideas and instructions on what to do for people. Because people need, that's another thing. People need to be emp empowered that they can handle this. I tell them, there's a couple of instances where I say, hold on. Go get the cavalry. So <laughs> you need help on this. But there's a lot of stuff that people give away their power too easily, and they don't defend themselves on a spiritual level inside their home, and or protect their family or themselves. You know, uh, and uh, also that you know I mentioned I think when we were talking the last time that sometimes people go to places where they're just riskier, depending on the type of work. I hate to say this, but if you're around a lot of people, you go to hospitals to big crowds you gotta be real careful what could jump on you from i've had people <laughs> when you ask me cases you know when people you know sometimes you try to figure out what's the point of origin was there a triggering event when did this start happening for you you know and you know and you know i get people to think well you know and it was like you know well it was you know what you know when i went to my friend's funeral there was a mess of people and there was a lot of people and after that really and what else you know and then you backtrack and it's something they picked up at some of these places that jumped ship and came home with them and like i said it's slowly it's incremental okay and and then you know it it carries on i mean there's a, diff, a lot of different ways but the fascination part absolutely that's like, come on down. Yeah, sure. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to give you an invitation. That's another thing. A lot of these entities, especially if they are non-human, especially if they're non-human, they're waiting for an invitation. People don't realize an invitation is not like us, you know, RSVP. An invitation can be exactly like what you said. I'm fascinated with you. I want to communicate with you, kind of. And guess what? When you're ready, like when you're really <laughs> scared and it's something you hear scratching under your bed and you're like, oh. You know, I don't want to do this no more. It's like too late. Yeah, we, we take we took you up on the investigation thing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was in my dark night and and de dealing all type of crazy witchcraft and opening my mind to spirits, which we talked about on your mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. Um, I called a bunch of churches, like every church in the in the in the yellow pages in my area, and I I know I called like fifteen. One of them called me back <laughs> out of 15 churches. I left voicemails. I think it was like on a Saturday, left the voicemails. And one of those churches called me back, right. you know, you one know, who was equipped really to those, deal with it. You really or think those guys didn't believe you? They believed you. They believed you. They yeah. were like, oh, that called. No, <laughs> they believed you. They believed you. As a matter of fact, 100 percent. It wasn't a question of, oh, it's just too hard, too hard, too much work. No, and also too dangerous, too yeah. dangerous. It's spiritually, you're like on that teeter-totter kind of deal. Or you might be pretending to be spiritually okay, but you're not even though you might be leading a congregation. 
the last thing you want is to come up against something like that. So yeah, I bet you a good majority of those people didn't return your call. They believed you. Um, some some comments in the chat here. I uh, a lot of people want to know what what all animals you got. We're we're, we're getting oh some, my God, some chat yes, about okay. the animals. So right now, let's see. We got a couple comments. They're saying here. Yeah, they're I, saying a par- a parrot, I got chicken, more than one parrot. roosters, yes. birds, and and there's a debate if there's some monkeys in there no. or chimps. Uh, no, let me tell you, that's about the only. Thing. I live in a 100 year old farmhouse. Okay, and my office is here. So I've got like a big wraparound porch, and yes, I've got parrots, a lot of different parrots. I've got ten dogs, which is probably the monkey you heard. Um, oh, the dog too. Yeah. Yeah, and I've got uh, a lot of chickens and roosters. I got free range ones. I don't call them. I don't kill them. I just use them for eggs. As a matter of fact, that's what I, I supply most of my area because it's agricultural people that want eggs for um for their broody hens or their um what you call it if they got an incubator. I sell the eggs from my chickens, but I got them free range, and I've hand raised most of them. So most of them just. You know, my roosters and, you know, and everything. They're always wandering around. I don't have them cooped up, you know. Uh, they come and roost. And certain, but, yeah, you can't control animals. Forget it. <laughs> it's like. And then, and, then, and then Adam said, like, uh, Adam Starseed Bay, he's in the comment. He said, wow, all the animals stopped talking when she stopped talking. <laughs> they got oh, quiet, no. like, all Let of a sudden. When we it's, it's really <laughs> hilarious because I, I've gotten to the point that I can only record my podcasts, like, especially the other ones, when I narrate at night. Because everybody quiets down. Oh, and I'm going to tell you, you know what they were listening to the monkey? They think it's a guinea hen. That he goes, what, 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 what? Yeah. Okay. It's really funny because at night, you know, most people know birds will start to roost and they quiet down. And my, all my, they roost and everything. Well, <laughs> when I, they hear me talking for the love of Mike, it'll be 11 o'clock at night and I'll have my rooster start crowing. And it's like, you guys, <laughs> they hear my voice and they'll start crowing even if it's nighttime. And it's like, I can't believe this. Uh, so, yeah, they they, they kind of like, uh, they're kind of, they know my voice. I think mostly it's because I feed them. Nah, you know. Yeah. I know they have some affinity for me, but yeah, I'm the food source. I'm the, I'm the lady with the, with the food. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, the they, the they hand that feeds. Oh, yeah. Um, an- another question here. Um, Christy wants to know um, the power of meditation. Where does meditation come into play? with spiritual practice and connecting with the divine and, you know, having, it definitely comes into play with the psyche and with consciousness, right? Kind of getting a game plan and quieting things down. But for you, where does meditation come into play in your studies on that? Okay. I think that meditation, because everybody thinks of meditation and I'm going to tell you something, especially nowadays where we get so attached to computer or being in front of a screen or the TV and when I mean meditation, it doesn't have to be that you get into a lotus position and go, you know. I think that there's a time that we need on a daily basis that we empty our mind out. That we just, and sometimes it's just to think, what's going on in my life? Just like, if, if, but no music, by the way. That's very hard. That's very hard. <laughs> Most people, you know, and I, I know it. Sometimes when I do it, I start going through, I, I, I'm thinking, okay, I'm here. But then I start doing like a mental, and then I got, when I finish this, I'm going to do this and this. And you got to give yourself a few minutes to stop doing that and just empty your mind out and meditate and, and whatever it is and put out and receive. Okay. As a matter of fact, a lot of inspiration when you do that is when you hear it. And I think we all, our human souls need that. Okay. Whether if you, depending on where you're at, go outside, go someplace, turn, you know, leave the phone behind, 
you know, no, no music, no nothing. And just let your mind wander and think about stuff and process things. And, you know, and a lot of, not so much what you think, but what you feel. People confuse the, those things. What you feel might be totally different from what you're thinking, okay? And basically, feel what you're going to feel, not fight it, or, and then let some thoughts come forward. And just, just like empty your mind out. And, and it's a type of meditation, depending. Everybody has different practice of meditation, but I tell people, you have got to have that moment apart. And you, until you get into it, you will fight it because you're, we're always, I hate to say we're multitasking all the time. It's like, yeah. I'm doing this and I'm already thinking of what I'm going to do next. That type of, med and believe it or not, that spiritually gives you like, um, it's almost like an all-knowing thing that just, you know, you know that saying to thine own self be true. Nobody, and I mean nobody, not even your parents will know you the way you know yourself. Hey, Tom, I'm heading to Walmart because you know what season it is. Oh, is it pumpkin spice season? Uh, no, it's flu season and Walmart gives flu shots. Yes, flu season is here and we've got your back with flu shots where you already shop. Our expert pharmacy team administers each flu shot and can answer your vaccine questions. Stay safe this flu season. Stop by your local Walmart pharmacy and get your flu shot today. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Nobody, nobody's in your head, nobody's in your skin like yourself. And it's those moments where you start learning about you, the good and the bad, the ugly, whatever, the what I call the perfection of imperfection. Okay, and you acknowledge it. And by the way, this is the time also where you start learning self-talk to yourself. Don't talk to yourself the way some people talk to themselves. In other words, cut yourself some slack and be kind to yourself. That inner dialogue, whether it's that meditation, maybe you did something stupid that day. Instead of like, it's like, man, I made a mistake. I, sh I shouldn't do that again. Well, let me think about what happened. And I mean, be, you know, no, no, nobody has to learn it. And believe it, that what I'm saying is meditation can take a lot of forms. And even if you do it for a short amounts of time, 10 minutes, depending on what you got, the time you got, you need to do that. I think absolutely you need to do that. Um, and basically, you're, you're, you become, I want to say, it's a practice of spiritual self-preservation. How's that? When you do that with, your, with, with, the, uh, with the control that you have over the time, that you're, you know, that you're awake. You know, you're going to do that for yourself. Yep. Yeah, I think it's really powerful, too, for, for all of those reasons. And those are the best ones I like to do, like you said, just... Uh, just getting every thought out of your mind and anything that comes in, just getting it out and focusing on nothing. Just being sitting in silence, a true silence, yes. mental silence, right? Yeah. You know, the, the scriptures talk about like how powerful it is to sit in silence. But 
you know, if we're not clearing our mind, we're not truly sitting in silence, are we? Because we got all these other things on our mind that we want to do. Where are we going to eat tonight? What are we doing next weekend? Yes. You know, and all these things come into play and you got to work on silencing the mind. So sitting in silence yes. is so powerful. Um, yes, and, I believe mean, it or not, a lot of for creators, this is also where you get a lot of ideas that filter in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of the good ones, a lot of the ones you should focus on because the creators, we have so many ideas as it is, but when you go there, it's like, okay, which ones are, what's the big one? Which ones should I focus on? You think about it. How many times have you gotten a good idea when you wake up, right when you wake up or when you're taking a shower? Usually when you're kind of like, your mind's emptied out. Subconscious. Or you go like, man, wait a minute. Why didn't I think, wait, you know, either you have a problem or an idea. All of a sudden it like hits you like, wait, wait a minute. Why didn't I think of that? Yep. You know, it's when you empty out your, your mind from that constant, you know, and by the way, we do it, you know, like I, I tell everybody, you know, like, you know, you remember like a circular saw that's always going. Some people never turn off the circular saw. It's always, so you got to turn it off. Yeah. All right. Yep. And let whatever is going to slip out, slip in, slip out, think about it, process yep. it, and then let it go. You're right. Or utilize Shower. It. For me, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Cutting grass or jogging yes. or something. Yes. Cause you're in somewhere that you can't really escape. Like you have to, yeah. you have to do it. Whether you're taking a shower, like, yeah. you know, it's something that your body knows how to do. It, and your right. mind doesn't have to be there kind of right. thing. You know what I'm exactly. saying? And then that's when it happens. A lot of time for a lot of people, they talk about using the restroom, sitting on the toilet. Yes. They have all these inspirational things yeah. come to them when they're not playing on their cell phone. Exactly. <laughs> they're, I've, they're, heard, they're like... I've heard like a lot of Christian worship leaders write beautiful worship songs and they say, well, how'd you write it? It's like, I was sitting on the toilet and these yeah. words just came to me. You know, when I wasn't preoccupied with, with something else. Somebody you know? didn't need my attention. It wasn't, uh, that's a lot of people I know. That's why they have a pad and a paper on their, on their nightstand because they'll wake up and all of a sudden it's like, man, what either a great idea or a solution comes to them Yeah. and they write it down or they wake up in the middle of the night sometimes even Yeah. and they'll go, and this is like the, like that proverbial light bulb goes off in your head. Yeah. When I was writing the book, um, I, I made it a point to get up at like 4.30 every morning. And I'd step outside for a minute, make me a cup of coffee, kind of stargaze, stars were still out. And then I'd sit down and start writing. But I'm just, I'm not that far out. Like everybody's still asleep. The world is, at yeah. least my area, is more quiet and still right now. And I would just write. And, uh, and sometimes it would be weird stuff. But I would just be obedient just to get it out of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not like... I don't know if this fits, but since it's coming to me, I'm putting it in. Well, <laughs> you know, you know what? what? And you know what? Sometimes though, you get these ideas, and you're like, "Where did this come from?" And later on, you figure out what. In other words, it's like doesn't make sense at the moment you get it, or like whoa, and then later on, it does. Because again, this is the thing: your subconscious mind is really weird, and it talks to you in symbols. Okay, yeah. if I tell you the word trash can. You don't see the word trash can. You see a trash can in your mind. That's how your mind works. That's how it talks to you in symbols, depending on what the symbol means to you. Only you. Okay, so sometimes you'll get these ideas and the symbology. Sometimes you don't have to take it literally. It's like, what is it there really? It's some, and, and I hate to say it, sometimes the subconscious mind does it because it's been trying to get your attention and you're not paying attention. So sometimes it shoves it at you in a, a lot of weird ways, weird dreams. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you have those really weird dreams that you're like, what is that? 
Or who's that person? I've never seen that person in my dream. That's your subconscious trying to communicate something to you that you just not either not recognizing on a, on a, on a conscious level. Um, and that's why sometimes it is important to note things. And just, even if you have to put it aside, because later on it makes sense. Yeah, the, the, the dreams can be weird, especially when there are places and people that you yes. only know in the dreams, yes. like of a, a, a town that you frequent in your dream and you're you're starting to learn the scenery and yes, a, yes, a school yes. that you like a lot of times I'll go to school, like I'll be back in school again. And and, and this is a school that exists somewhere. There's like layouts right. to the hallway, like, but it's not. It's and, weird, you know. These people and these friends and these things only exist in the dream state. It's pretty right, crazy. Right, it is, and, and you know perfectly well. I've never been to this place. I know I've never been to this place. I want to go. Like yeah, I want. Like I like. I feel like I know these people, and you wake yes. up kind of sad sometimes. Like, damn, I miss my friends. Right, <laughs> you know, right. I wish it they is, were real. We were so close. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you, and, and 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 I don't know if any of you have ever heard of what they call because we talk about spiritual and the fascination of the paranormal. And, and I was surprised because sometimes the, I miss what's currently going on with young people. This thing about tulpas, the creation of tulpas. And I'm thinking, oh my God, are they crazy? <laughs> Do they know what they're really, I mean, people who understand really what a tulpa is, okay, you know, it, it, it's basically a Tibetan, it's a thought form that you create out of intense thought, you know, and you animate it and it gets to the point where it becomes self-conscious. And I'm seeing that there's teenagers out there doing this. And I'm like, that's so dangerous. That is so yeah. dangerous. Because let me tell you something. A lot of times what you think is a thought form, it's not your thought form. <laughs> you know? And uh, even this, there's, um, there's a lady. What was her name? Her name was Alexandra Bell or something like that. She was a turn of the century. She, she snuck into the Forbidden City in Tibet. She did a lot of studies in the mysticism. And she herself said she, she tried it and she created a little monk out of her thought forms. And she says that eventually other people started to see him around her camp. And she would dress mm. as a man and she would she was going into Tibet and all these places that women weren't allowed to go to. It got to the point and she was very adept at what she was doing. She started to undo him because he started to become malicious. Okay, And other people started to be able to see him even when she wasn't around. So... Um, and, and, and I've learned, you know, I, I, some people, not everybody used to know what a topo was. And now I'm seeing that there, there's out there sites that are selling, telling, especially young teenagers, how to create a topo because they're lonely. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. what are they thinking about? That's like, don't do that. I talked about it in my persona video. I'm not sure if I put it in my book or not. I know I was. I feel like I deleted the section that was, I can't remember though. <laughs> so, uh -huh. but I, I talked, I talked about them. Uh, in my uh, in my video that I did called Persona, talking about channeling and creating entities and things like that yes. that that we do, and I think channeling is is a form of that stuff as well, like creating these entities or you getting in the persona, the scapegoat factor. Hey, it wasn't me; it was the one on demand, you yes. know, and my imaginary friend or the devil told me to do it. Yes. Like no, no, he didn't. Why are you blaming the devil? You wanted to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like having the scapegoat. And I, talked a lot about how, just how the psychology behind the mind and how it works with dealing with these yes. different types of entities because they only exist to you you know you go to the you know if you was to call the doctor again while having spiritual problems and tell them you're seeing these spirits the doctor's not going to believe you only you believe you well, you know because to, to them they don't exist so 
you know, it's something that you have to fight and you have to deal with these demons that well, you've created. Now, can you imagine what you purposely created? Because basically there's, a, you know, and I'm talking about the topo where basically you think you're cre animating, giving a thought form that you created certain characteristics and you made it a certain way. And supposedly at some point it becomes self-aware and it, it, it's not under your control anyway. And, you know, I've heard of, it, of people doing it, you know, especially if you're young and stupid uh as uh it's like I, i'm not lonely anymore and it's like i'm telling you right there it's like you know what your friends need to be made of flesh and blood <laughs> sorry you know what i'm saying whether you're yes. an introvert or an extrovert and i get it there's people that are introverts that don't make friends easily and if they have friends maybe they only have yep. a couple that's okay yep. that's fine but your friends need to be made of flesh and blood i don't know if i talked about this on your podcast or not but as i look back at my my life as a teenager i was alone a lot uh, overactive imagination but a lot of my time i was alone i had friends but there was a lot of time spent alone right. and um and, and now that i look back on it some of the different rituals occult rituals that i did trying to make packs for with demons was simply because i was alone and i wanted a friend yeah. like literally like i was a teenager and i'm trying to contact entities out of the satanic bible just right. because I wanted a friend. Isn't that crazy? Yes. And you know what? Loneliness, um, fear of rejection. Okay. When yeah. you're that age, those things bite deep. They, they cut deep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, when we're late, later when we're a little bit older and life shakes us about a little bit, you realize that was not such a big deal. But when you're that age, it is. Um, and think about it. Something that you conjure, you think is always going to be in your corner. Let's face it. So and it's much easier than a making a friend that might betray you. That happens. Uh, or just some people, they just, they're just, and some people even have social anxiety. There's kids out there that have social anxiety. Yeah. They just, they don't feel like being around a bunch of people. And then, like you said, they become a little bit isolated. And next thing you know, but they still hunger for somebody that will dialogue with them. And then they fall into what you're describing. You know, you know, and I think it's it's weird when it gets dangerous when we get into demons and lower level entities and stuff. But part of the the reason I'm so infatuated with with the Bible and God and my Christian faith is the fact that some of these things that we're mentioning, like it says that God becomes that for you, like yes. for the you know what I'm saying for the fatherless, for that person who's never had a father that to stay or a consistent male uh, man figure. Like God says, I will be a father unto you. I'm never going to, he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Like, and we see women who have been through like abandonment issues oh, yes. and, and, and multiple divorces. And now they're like, you know what? I'm married to God. Why? Because he'll never leave. He'll never forsake you. He's like, I'll be a friend to you. He says, I'll be a friend that sticks closer to than a brother. And for me, when I found that kind of stuff out and it really became real to me is when all that lower level stuff fell away and God became my best friend. You know, and, and it was right. a positive right. figure in my life versus like these deceptive lower level things that I was dealing with when I found the beauty and the divine of the all, which is God as a father, as a friend, as a, you but know, you whatever know what? you need him to be type deal. I'm going to tell you something. That's good. But you, I don't think God, Christ wants you to be that with them because of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's I want I want you to be I want to be your good friend not because you're afraid of being lonely. Do you see what I'm saying? I should not be taking the place of 
because I want you to live life as a human being. Yeah. Messy. There's definitely. No, you you're, know? you're absolutely right. There's some of those people where God is my friend and I don't need any friends, right, you know, exactly. that kind of thing. And it's like that. That's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So you're, you're with, you, you know, what you're, this is, the, so if you had a friend and Christ would go out the door, I mean, it's like they don't. They, they, <laughs> well, hey, that some some people believe that, and then yeah. for some people, like that's the case. Right. Now that I have friends again, I don't need God. God. You know exactly. what I'm saying? It's like okay, I'm good. Well, no, it shouldn't yeah. be the reason. God, you know, the divine, whatever, doesn't need you to come to them out of fear of either or, or for reward or punishment, whatever the case might be. It's because you really believe it and it soothes your heart, but it shouldn't take the place of interactions with other human beings. Because yeah. we are alive to engage in life and run the risks of being disappointed, hurt, making mistakes. Uh, you know, we're going to do that all the way to the moment we die. You know, if, if you want to be an aesthetic and, you know, go to the mountain and live in a rock, that's different. But we are meant to engage in life. That is, and that's, that's, and making choices and being tempted and saying, man, I really want to do that, but I'm not going to do it. Because the last time I did that, it didn't yeah. work out. That is what we are supposed to be doing, not running away from living life. Yeah. And I, like you yeah. said, a lot of people, sometimes they substitute. Like you said, uh, Christ might be my friend. That's great. But Christ doesn't <laughs> want wants you to have real friends. Now that you need to pick and choose your friends, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you know. But not to turn away from uh, 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 not living life and You're right. There's a lot of people who do that. Yeah. And then, Maybe and there's know, a time. Maybe there's a time. Oh, Maybe yeah. it's like uh, to like get healing from those sure. areas when sure. everyone's betrayed you and yes. you're all, you're only attracting people who want to use you. Right. Yes. There needs to be a time where you step away and you know yes. and kind of examine that. And I think that a lot of a lot of us have that time where we kind yes. of go through that refiner process or yes. whatever, and we have to re-examine it. But it is to to get back in it. It's not right. to to step away and. I'm with you though. Everything you're saying about the human experience and knowing how you know how, how we are divine, but we're still human at the same time, and we're meant to go through yes. betrayal and hurt because it's like, how do you respond? How do you come back? And it's like the whole world, whether it's literal people or the spirit realm, they're wanting to see how you're going to respond to rejection. Lessons? Oh yes. wow, they conquered rejection. Wow, they responded with love, you know, and yes, that's the exactly. it's a it's a it's it's beautiful, and I I don't think we should be escaping right. all the time, right? There should be there definitely should be downtime and places that we go where we feel safe, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes, but but we have to get back in the game for sure. Well, basically, what it is is have you learned your lesson? The last time yeah. you had that experience, I say when you were young and you did something stupid, you find yourself in that situation and you stop yourself and you go, wait a minute, no no no, hold on, and you learned a lesson and but. But some people, they're afraid of being faced with that scenario again, okay? Yeah. And it's like, did yeah. you learn the lesson? Did you realize that maybe the prior actions, what it led to? So you pull back. And yeah, that absolutely, especially like what you described, when there's people that are trying to get away from either friends they're hanging out with or places they've been to, and they, what I call the fallow times, that's when you, yeah, you need to pick up your stuff, you know, pick up your toys, go home, and like you said, cut off and just... Be with yourself. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you don't stay there, though. Some people just, mm -hmm. it's like, it feels safe. I just think I'll just stay here and not talk to anybody, not interact with people and cocoon myself and isolate myself. That is a big danger yeah. there, though. 
you, you, it's you like the, it's like the whole uh, all men are dogs type deal. Oh yeah, of course. It's like of no course. no no, just the men that you've been hanging out with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get exactly. back in the game. All men aren't dogs. There's someone out there for you. You know, yeah. somebody's gonna treat you right. You know. Yeah, and we and, and, and when you sometimes you do need that downtime because we all as human beings we seek what we call a pattern of repetition. We want to mm-hmm. fix that, especially when yeah. it comes to relationships, starting with parental stuff. We want to fix it, and then we try to put in stand-ins that are gonna behave like that person originally did. And that's when you get people say, I don't know why I end up always in this type of relationship. It's because you are repeating yourself. And sometimes we need time to figure out. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. In 2020, we all miss seeing friends and loved ones. With the U.S. Bank Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card, it's easy to reconnect again. Earn five times points on prepaid hotels and car rentals booked directly in the Altitude Rewards Center. Earn four times points on travel and at gas stations. Two times points on groceries, dining, and streaming services. Plus, get 50,000 bonus points when you spend $3,000 within the first 120 days. That's a $500 value. Learn more at usbank.com slash altitudeconnect. The U.S. Bank Altitude Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card is issued by U.S. Bank National Association, N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Figure that out about our psyche. And uh, as a matter of fact, that's it's a, let's say romantic relationship. It's like, you know what? For the next six months, the person that attracts you is not the person for you. It's the person that doesn't attract you that probably would be the best person for you. So sometimes you do need that downtime to figure that out. Uh, and what I call self-preservation self-preservation is not only your physical being like you know you don't want to get anything to happen to you there's such a thing as emotional and spiritual self-preservation and it's very important uh and there's people i hate to say it that sometimes have a death wish you know when it comes to either their physical life or their emotional life where they they do things because really what they're hungering for is to escape life you know, and I've been what, talking about that a lot. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, escapism, sure. it, you know, it's scary. We can see it in other people, but we do it too. Like, yes. so there has to be some healthy form of it. Um, but I, I definitely know those people who are always trying to ascend or leave their body or spiritual practice is their escapism. Yes. But I think there are, there's healthy things, but, but we got to be human. We have to be, we have to feel it. Know what, know what rejection feels like. Know what being stabbed in the back feels like. Know what pulling that knife out of your back feels, feels like. Know what scar tissue feels like, right? Know what love feels like. So there's a healthy balance there. And I think we should embrace, embrace both, you know, the light and the dark and, and, and this human experience because it's both. But I definitely see groups of people where, you know, it's really an emphasis on escaping. They don't call it that. They call oh, it something not. else. It's but, good. you know, and I think I, I think addiction falls into that. But mm-hmm. there's healthy addictions and addictions that are killing you. Right. But anything that kind of helps you not deal with reality. Right. And well, basically you know? it's, a, it's a form of self-soothing. It's self-soothing. OK, there's people that self-soothe with drugs. 
I, I know because you know heroin, this, cocaine, this, crack, you know, you weed, disassociate yeah. and whatever. And at some point, you used it, and all of a sudden, I mean, we could get into you know with the reward centers in your brain, and we're talking something chemical. But you know, there's such a thing as process addictions. You know, people gambling, stuff like that, and basically, you train the your brain centers like you get a shot of endorphin every time you do that. And, but basically, what it boils down to, uh, you know, those are just the symptoms, the causes. It soothes you. And soothing, how can I tell you? Let's say you had a really rough day. You know, especially for women, how they say, I'll just go shopping. You know, when the, when the going gets tough to tough, go shopping. That's okay. You go for two, three, four hours, go shopping, and you distract yourself from a big problem or something. Or you had a rough day. That's okay. That's fine. You distract yourself or you go to see a movie. The problem is when that's all you do all the time and in things that are really destructive. Okay. And like I said earlier, anxiety, you're going to feel anxiety and you're going to go, you know, like, you you know, the roller coaster, it goes up a mountain, you know, like and it goes up and you're like, I can't take this. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's going to peak, but then it's going to come down. It's not going to kill yeah. you. But some people are very scared of that anxiety as it mounts up, depending also on your, your emotional makeup. Yeah. It's not. And believe it or not, once you go that you desensitize yourself to the point where when you get anxious and your heart's beating and you feel real uncomfortable, you already start, you know, I know this is going to pass. In other words, you handle it. Once you go through that experience enough times and you don't need that self, you know, that distraction. But yeah, distraction in and of itself is good. It kind of lets your head cool off a bit, your emotions, yeah. uh, even sleeping on it. You know that thing about sleep on it? Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. You sleep on it, you distract yourself, you just shift. You don't telescope on something, maybe a problem that's this big. You see it this big because you're like, oh, my God. You know, it's like the trolls. Yeah, the trolls, whatever. Sometimes you need to pull back and distract yourself with something else. Let it go. And then when you look at it again, you go, that's a problem, but not as bad as I thought. Or, you know what, I, I thought of a solution. Or, you know, you pull back. Your, your perspective changes. Distraction is good as long as it, you don't spend all your time being distracted. And then life just goes by you <laughs> while you were being distracted, yeah. which yeah. happens more, more than people think with, let's say, uh, a lot of the stuff that we got on the Internet or on the TVs or on the video games. Um, yeah. You know, you're not living life. You know, the, yeah. Do you watch Netflix at all? Yeah. Did, did you see uh, Don't F With Cats? No, I haven't. You haven't I seen haven't. it. OK, watch it. Watch it. It's really? good. I, yeah, I, won't, I don't know if you could talk about it, but it's about a, it's about a uh, a guy named uh, Luca Mignotta. I don't know if you've heard that name. No, but uh, he watch, Maybe I just watch it. Okay, okay, okay. Just watch it. Yeah, I wanted. I don't know if we could talk about it or not. So yeah, yeah no, it's good, I, yeah, no. Right now, well, I we're talking I, about we're talking about you know the, the the mind and the brain and how everything works, and so definitely psychology plays a huge role in narcissism and things like that which is what that's about so definitely check that out right right and you know what believe it or not everybody thinks of narcissism the roots of narcissism is a deep self-hatred you think of it the other way around you know you know you think of the narcissist as the person that's always like it's all about me and i love me and me 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 the best clothing the best thing and you know everybody that's around me i'm going to be using them you know in other words if you're not doing something for me get out of here Believe it or not, the roots of the narcissist is a deep, deep self-hatred to the point that they need constant admiration or adulation. It's the opposite, in other words, from what it looks like. You know, I, there's a lot of narcissists that you'll see. They're like, they look great, you know, 
wearing the best clothing, surrounded by the best people. You know, I hate to say a lot of people in the entertainment industry are narcissists. And then when their life derails that, you're like, what happened to that person? Because really, at the core, they hated themselves. They hated themselves a lot, a lot, even though on the exterior, it looked like something totally different. Yeah. You know, Um, (laughs) my friend, uh, occult priestess, she she wants to know if you're talking about Russell Brand, LOL, what she's. (laughs) <laughs> friends with, with Russell Brand, but also she, uh, a cult priestess wants to know your uh, your zodiac. What's your astrological I'm, sign? I'm a Libra with an ascendant in Sagittarius and a moon in Cancer. Awesome. So I really look like a Sagittarius, but I'm a Libra. My son is a Libra, and believe it or not, in my astrological chart, I really ha- I don't have that much Libra in me. Um, so. Uh, and, and for those people, you know, if you're into astrology, you know, most people know that, you know, you're much more than what your sun sign is as far as looks and emotional makeup and things like that. And believe it or not, I use astrology more from on an economics basis than for personal use. You know, my personal use is from an economic as far as trends in the uh, in worldwide economy and banking. That's really what my interest is in astrology. But of course, I had my chart done, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, a call priest says, thank you, Truth. I, I adore this lady. I want to get you on, my friend. Uh, a call priest says, I need to get you back on here, especially all the uh, notoriety you just got with Jesse on Jesse's <laughs> podcast. It'd be awesome. Um, well, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Me too. And uh, so, yeah, so you got your podcast, your website, yeah. I just, bunch I of just, work that I've you got put three out. Books. I've got five books out three are non are non-fiction i just put out two two starting in december these are supernatural fantasies uh they're they're out there it's uh one's called the walker between the worlds book one of the civil chronicles and i put out a novella called the uh, diabolique which is a civil novella and i'm working right now as a matter of fact on my third one i'm like you know um which i'm trying to get out for the end of march which is in that civil universe which is uh a lot of um uh, esoteric mysticism uh the supernatural uh as a matter of fact the 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 title that i'm working on is the path to purgatory i mean a lot of the metaphysical spiritual aspects all combined um and the underpinnings between good and evil how sometimes they overlap and the reason why i say that is what we think of as good and evil sometimes there's grays in between where you know um that's that's alien um, grace alien there you go god you know are they are they what are they are they biomechanicals i mean we could go down that road for or are they really uh, my lab my lab there was a there was something that i touched on in the book just briefly just because it's an interesting uh theory when it comes to the grace is that because a lot of people think that all aliens are demons but there's this theory that those were suits Mm -hmm. that the alien grades were these suits that were made and uh and that suits that were created for demons to uh inhabit and control and give life to so these demons that have these kind of meat suits that they've somebody or something has created for them whether it's the government or aliens or whatever are they are they are they are they interstellar are they interdimensional okay and are they robots are they well you know you see some pictures have you seen some drawings of some grays some of them are scary and then you see the other grays which are really pretty with the big eyes and they're like, oh, that's so sweet. It all depends. Because, of course, you know, that we do have as human beings, like we go for the baby look, the big eyes, 
the small mouth that for us makes us feel good we don't feel threatened by it in a way even i'm threatened I, by it i know if i saw gray i'd be like what yeah. <laughs> you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like what is that in the corner of the room and it moves a little bit oh shit it's a little right gray. exactly you know one of those <laughs> yeah. things like yeah i had a gray at the foot of my bed i'd be like yeah, yeah uh-huh okay that'd be the end of sleep for me for <laughs> but yeah, yeah i, I mean, think there's a lot something of to do something to do with the uh you know just a humanoid figure that that uh just kind of you know right without any features without any hair uh i know i think it's joe rogan and some other people talk about what like what if they're time travelers what if they're us from the future uh, that's a horrible which we, we don't we don't need muscle anymore because we're not yeah. moving boxes right. we're not like we, we have technology and machines do all of our I've work we don't need that's you know maybe horrible. if we're living in space there's a different Let me tell you something, that, that, that's scary. that thought scares me and i had heard of that where you know haven't you seen those aliens where everything is cerebral you got the big heads and of course the rest of the body is really thin and mm -hmm. not muscular and i'd be like i hate to think that we're going to end up looking like that you know because your mind is it's all in your brain it's all in your head well, Maybe. it's either that or, or the opposite, which is from Wally, you know, the cartoon yes, Wally, right. the movie that came out, which are these really obese people who are just moving, yes. using technology and eating, yes. slamming junk food all the time and not moving, you know, so it's one or the other. It's the, yes. you know, and one of these days when we get back, we'll talk about that eating thing about people that eat guilt about when you're eating, when you're eating guilt, like, you know how people eat, they're not supposed to, and they're ingesting guilt. And a lot of it has to do how it translates into what your body actually does with the food. When you were, you know, I, I'm sure you real quickly is, you know how people talk about when they cook certain things, what you're feeling when you're cooking is what people that eat the food feel. Like, in other words, it passes on to your oh, food. Yeah. Yeah, same yeah. thing, same concept as in when you're eating stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, something to think about. Good stuff. Yeah, we're getting the, we're getting the uh, the chat riled up with this alien talk. They're talking about uh, <laughs> Alistair Crowley and and, and Lamb and our L A M Lamb, yes. which is interesting. I mean that that whole thing. I mean because that's what he drew, right? Well, I mean, yeah. but it's just a humanoid. It's just a it's just a humanoid mm, being. It, it, you know. it it it's Alistair Crowley is um, you know, it, it, absolutely he was in touch with something. Now what it was. You know, you have to go by what were his intentions and his intentions, of course, were he was trying to grab onto something that was, you know, obviously not divine. OK, um, but and, and I've seen that 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 drawing that um, how much of it. And, and, and you know what, without being there, which none of us were, how much of this was really did happen versus what he wrote about. Yeah, well, it was like H.P. Lovecraft, too. Right. Like. Oh. When I was doing all the Satanism stuff and, and Wicca and all of I was just trying to make packs with entities. The most scariest one that scared the hell out of me was the the Necronomicon. Yes. And that was one that he admittedly just kind of made up and yeah. made all these entities up. Yeah, Cthulhu, uh, We were just talking about topas though. Right. Creating exactly. them. Creating them and uh you know, I talk about Lucifer, the fact that like in, in, far from a biblical reference, Lucifer is not a not the devil or it's it's a title. It means light bearer. Right. But I got friends who are like, yeah, but we've given him that title. And and now we've created Lucifer and we and he responds and answers to that name. And, you know, so these ideas that embody uh, the, the essence of, of an individual that we created, you know, when it comes to H.P. Lovecraft, something that didn't exist, but I was scared to death to do those rituals. I wouldn't do oh, them. Well, because it's, fake it's, ones, it's, you know? if, if when you when you read all of uh, Lovecraft's works, whether, whether it was a short story or his longer ones, to at least, you know, 
Um, like I said, he, you know, he had that whole universe. It wasn't only the just Cthulhu. It was all these other gods, which were basically hated human beings. And what he, you know, of course, and then, you know, he had those town Arkham and the Necronomicon and Azared, which was the Arabian magician who had, was the source of the Necronomicon. Uh, all those things, like, you know, basically the end was the end of human beings, the enslavement of human beings. Or, you know, uh, you know that there was part of his story of, you know, that's, you know, Vermont setting where you had these people that were basically amphibians, you know, family was amphibious. Uh, a lot, you have to give it to a man. Back then, he, he was really thinking outside of the box. Well, no, he was way out. Who else did that? The the whole, the founder of the uh, the church. What is it? The... Uh... Of which one? Of uh, God, come on! The, the alien church, the uh, uh, Scientology. Oh, Hubbard. Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard did it and made a religion, and, and well, you know he was. It, but then you, you, you know, I've heard. I mean, I know a little bit of Hubbard. I really haven't, but I heard that he was also doing demonic at the very beginning. This was when he was establishing, and even he was working with somebody that went on later to do, develop rocket science, and then of course that he was also doing work with um, dark practices. This was at the very beginning, and I think at some point, especially if if you study humans, you realize I I gotta sugarcoat this. People are not gonna go for this, you know. I'm you know invoking demons. I gotta make it like I'm saving their souls. <laughs> so, you know that he that, had a the, whole he had a whole bunch of books. Like he yes, was just like a, Dianetics was uh, a big one, the first one that really took off. And if yeah, you look I at see it. yeah in the fifties, right, yeah. If, if you if you if you read. Let's say if you read the blurb about Dianetics, you go, man, that's a really interesting idea, which is the power of your mind. It's great. The, the concept. Obviously, there's something to it to get all these people following it. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, well, well you know, that. but what it boils down to is called control. Because at the end, it, all. It says, some of it's based on the work of Freud, it says, and Eastern yeah. philosophy, which that's a thumbs up for me, you yeah, know? Yeah, uh-huh. But, you know, the thing is, psychoanalysis. one thing is when you learn to control yourself, another thing is when I want to control you. And basically, that's what ends up with, with a lot of the beliefs in Scientology is that you surrender control of yourself. And I have a problem, personally speaking, surrendering control of myself to another human being. The divine is different. He, another human being, I have a problem with hierarchies. Okay, <laughs> maybe you call it distrust. But when somebody wants that total surrender, especially, especially on a spiritual level of your spiritual beliefs, I think that there's a lot of danger in that. Uh, one thing is to participate in a group. And another thing is when you're asked to surrender all your control. You know, even when you might, even against yourself, against your own self-preservation. I, I think there's a problem with that. And in, from what I understand, Scientology, eventually that's where it leads. Even though at the beginning, like a lot of these things, it sounds great. You know, some of the, 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 the principles that the, when you start getting into it, they sound like, oh man, learning yourself and, you know, your mind is the source of a lot of your problems and controlling your thoughts and all that. It's like, yeah, that, that sounds plausible. But then it goes downhill from there as far as I'm concerned in certain of their beliefs in case there's any Scientologists out there. This stuff has to come out of a creative mind, though, or an overactive imagination, right? I mean, well, Joseph Joseph Smith, you know, and you know, I think Muhammad. That, <laughs> you know what, you know what I think? I think that there's, if they address a hunger, you know, because a lot of people say, especially nowadays, that a lot, that there's people that are spiritually hungry. I think we've always been spiritually hungry, okay? 
And, and I think that they are really smart enough to figure out there's a slew of people running out there that want somebody to say, come here, it's going to be okay. And I'm going to tell you what to do. And by the way, since I'm telling you what to do, I'm taking away responsibility of you making a mistake. Because believe it or not, that's what it boils down to. People being afraid of being responsible for their actions. And if you hand it over to a leader, guess what? You've just released yourself. You're off the hook. You're being told what to do, where to go, what to do. Ah, oh, man, I'm not responsible. You know, responsibility, it takes a lot of courage. But a lot of people don't want that. They're afraid of it. Uh, someone in the chat says that some of Crowley's work says that Crowley has it. No, I can't confirm or deny this, but it says some of Crowley's work goes into sexual interactions with children yes. uh, and killing them to create energy. Now that's black magic. Yes. I don't know. I've never, I've never read that. I know I've, you've heard a lot of, you know what? A of lot stories, of, from what I, I understand, know. he, I, I've heard of that too. And he was into bestiality and everything, sex magic. I want to tell you something. A lot of the most powerful magic, and since I live in South Florida, I know I've seen it. Is a sac you you the the, the bloodletting of well, animals, I mean, and that's very I mean, powerful I, magic. It's, it's almost dark. like it's it's almost like an expose of the damn government in like some of the higher yes. realms of Masonic orders and things, right? I mean, right, well, the, you that know, we're starting to hear about now with Epstein and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know? and that's a lot of. And I, I, you know, a lot of people think of, you know, ceremonies where you have bloodletting, especially human, human, by the way, I'm sorry, we're, we're important, that important, um, where, and everybody thinks of the tradition on an altar or some dark place and everybody's wearing a hood, but what if the actual bloodletting is on a larger scale? Yeah. It's a tank driving through a small village in, in well, the Middle yes, East. Exactly. exactly. Or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, ta it's taken down a building in New York to build exactly exactly control that, demolition to that, offer to the gods to get right, power for sure right that you think of it well that's it was a disaster it was a tragedy but what if on a metaphysical level we're not talking here our physical on a metaphysical level it was done for a certain reason yeah okay yeah and that that's what they're saying sometimes you have to look beyond what we no, see, I believe you know, that a hundred percent. And yeah. then they want to ask me, who am I voting for? After I've like read, read all these books and done the, the knowledge, like, who are you voting for? I'm like, man, you don't get out of my face. But <laughs> you know what? You I, know? I, I, I wish, and I know I'm being very, because th that's the thing for, let's say with wars, you know, when you look at the history of human beings, God, we've, we don't, we, we, we never get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we don't, there, I don't know if it's something in our nature or if it was a question of survival once upon a time where you either defended yourself or you attacked and you know i personally wish yeah. there was an end to wars um that i mean i can take it where sometimes people do stuff on a personal level but that wholesale slaughter of human beings that to me is on a spiritual level i think one of the most offensive things that can happen okay uh because a lot of times the people that are killed are our innocence and when i mean innocence i don't mean that you're not even a soldier per se you know that when you go in there that you know you're engaged in battle you just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time the agony the suffering what goes on with that and I, that's one of the things that i wish that would happen at some point um and i don't know if it's in our nature if we can ever like basically disengage that from our nature uh, mm -hmm. Where we where that doesn't happen, and I know sometimes we have to. I wish that's the that happen. that's I think that's the uh, 
that's the test of humanity. So I, you know how we talk about the journey and the test that we're taking individually? Yes. And it's about love and responding with peace and overcoming and things like that. Yes. Humanity is taking that same test as a collective. And I think that the more that we do it individually, it changes the, the collective eventually. Now, what's going to happen? How many years? It takes a lot longer for the masses of people to wake up. But I do see yes. like that all of us have to choose love and and, and we're, we're looked at and we're judged upon like nations and things like that by the, the, the collective of the people. What what song is what fragrance is rising up from that people? What are what, you know, what are their beliefs? What God do they worship? What, what are they doing? And so I really do believe that there's us as a people will maybe have our place amongst the stars once we reach this level of ascension and choosing love. And it, it's, it's bound to happen or we're going to destroy ourselves one or the other. And that's and, and then or we could also look at it as if when you have wholesale slaughter one way or the other, what is there if it's a metaphysical reason somebody wants that to happen? Not, not not in other words, it's not for conquest. It's not for this or not material stuff is what I'm saying. You think, oh, we're doing that or, you know, these nations are going to war over that thing. What if that it looks like that? But really what it is, it's on a metaphysical level. They need the spilling of blood. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm. I believe it. You know that is, and that's that's. By the way, that is very, very, very dark. If you want to call it dark magic, or dark gods, or I don't know how it is. But well, you start you start looking into some of these people who are leaders, and you find out that they're all related, and they're all oh, in these weird God, secret yeah. order. Well, when you and, said and that thing about Epstein, it's like, what is this? You yeah. know, here you have you got a temple these- built. Epstein had a temple that he flew leaders out to Trump and. Yeah. All the leaders, you know, and but these are all movers and shakers. That and and, and think about it, these people people, are demonic, man. People think that they're just like us. Okay, they might they might not even be human as far as yeah, you know, they could be a totally different. They could be totally. We yeah, that's like. But then you think, okay, these are people that have so much money, so much wealth, so much everything. That you know, and let's say if it came to sexual gratification, you could have any girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Shake you. Why are you needing to go? To this island in the middle of the Atlantic of the Caribbean, unless the, the setting is important, it's not yeah. like you understand what I'm saying. So yeah, the, the the I think that people are getting a little bit of an idea of a flavor of what was really going on, and I hate to say that, but if you think Epstein was the only one that was procuring, no, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think I think it goes back to. Um... It goes back to the Garden of Eden in the Bible, where you believe that was literal or an analogy is that people, God says, hey, eat from this tree. Don't touch that tree. Not that one. You can't have that one. And which tree do we want? The one that we can't have. And so these people who have reached these high places of authority and power and money, and they can have anything that they want. What's the one thing that you can't have? And that's the one thing that they want, children. But you, but you know what? I think also, I think it also goes to, I, I hate, I, also I think you have to be corrupted, even from a very young, that this is what fulfills you. In other words, that I don't, I, I'm not going to give the person the out of being so wealthy, that they're so jaded, like what you're saying, yeah. that, hey, what else is left? There has to be, because something feeds your soul when you go to the point of either uh, abusing a child, sexually molestation, bloodletting, sacrifice. There's something that's got to be featured soul that I think was corrupted very early on in life. And then, as a matter of fact, that probably helped you get as wealthy as you did, by the way. Because you probably ran people over, you know, like, on the way up, you know, that kind of thing. 
Exactly. You have to clutch people out. That's capitalism. Right. And you have then, to lie to you them. Know, by and the sell. time you get up there, but that corruption yeah. was you've already the... you've already you're already in bed. You can't get up there unless you've went up the ladder. Well, you know, a lot of disregard for the well being of other human beings and all of a sudden and of course this is the persona you present to the world, you're very successful, whatever. But that corruption was with you long yeah. before you got up there. As a matter of fact, that's why you got up there. And then, of course, that corruption, <laughs> be, yeah, you facilitated no... by feeding it. Now I can... I can they have I can... gatekeepers. There's gatekeepers yes. that are going to make sure you're with them. Hold on, he's not with us. No, you can't... Right. You have to be welcoming into the gentleman's club. You got to come to our parties. Let me tell you that. I tell everybody. And, and I want to say this. Sort of, is... I don't want to be mean, but there's people in the, in the chat talking about how, you know, Trump never went to Epstein's Island. Trump party down with Epstein. You know that what? was his homie. But you like, that was, they got tons of pictures together with, at parties. And you know what? With, oh, with a creator, I'm going to say it as a creator. Do you know how many writers, singers, performers, celebrities, artists, if you were not on the page of the people that were in power, you, your stuff never got seen or you were never yeah. promoted because you were not on the right page with them. You know what I'm saying? Or they, once you made it, you would have looked around and said, what in the world is this, you know? And people, I think a lot of creators were never got a chance or a break, especially now, you know, with things that you could do your own thing. But, you know, like you said, once upon a time, whether if a gatekeeper didn't like bring you in, that's it. You, your stuff never got seen, whatever it was. I think that a lot of people, the creators never were recognized. Their work was never recognized because they just wouldn't have been on board with what was happening. Yeah. So, they uh, they got denied. It's like, nah, your stuff's not good. But why? No, nah, it's not good because it's not really the problem. wasn't what you were creating; is who you were that would have been not on on the program with what was going on with those above you. And I, I'm gonna be a perfect. Well, look at this other guy. What's his face? Weinstein. Have you seen him? Have you seen him hobbling into court? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen anything recent. Well, they've shown him. Uh, going, you know, those little walkers, you know, that really old people use, you know, when they can't walk. He's using one of these walkers to go into court. And you look at him and you go, oh, my God. It's like this guy was, you know, uh, preying on, you know, people, starlets, you know, or people, you know, people going out there trying to make it in Hollywood, women. You know, and now he's yeah. pretending like he's this old guy. I'm hobbling about and it's like that's incredible. Guys, yeah, he coached and worked with actors. These people are actors, and they're some yeah. of the best writers on the planet. Yes. They write movie scripts and, and, mm -hmm. and things that pull us in. And there's something that they've done that we've talked about yes. on, you know, with these shows like The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, yes. is they take these people, they take these villains, and they let them do all these vile, despicable things. They've killed children women and children yes. they've raped people they've done all these despicable things but then they have this arc in their storyline where they have a come to jesus moment and now we're rooting for the person right. that we wanted to die negan from the walking dead yes. i love i love his character but people right. but there's a lot of people who are like they still can't get over that he killed their favorite characters in the show right. and how all the the vile stuff that he did but the writers have a way of making us root for the bad guy, right? You know, because yeah. we see their we see their humanity and stuff. And the same people who who write these stories and stuff in deep Hollywood and like they they yes. they're they're writing what we see on TV with all the politics yeah. and elections. And hey, I need you to come in here and look feeble. I need you to you, take this cane. This yeah. cane needs to be mm -hmm. this color, by the way. You know, and all yeah. of this kind yes, of stuff of is deep. 
psychological stuff that we don't even know. We're watching it like it's reality TV and there's yes. no such thing. Right, reality exactly. TV is scripted. So, and, but but yeah, you think this is real, well, but this stuff's it, real. It is. And, but, and this is the thing. Everybody loves a story of redemption. Redemption is a great story. What yeah. you said, people, if you want to call them the villain, that somewhere or other, they, they get it and they, they redeem themselves, a redemption. But all of a sudden, like you said, when the, 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 the villain ends up being the hero without being redemption, it's like, okay, how'd that happen? <laughs> you know, because he gets the best out of everything. He survives, how you want to call it. Um, yeah, I, I've seen that in several storylines uh, in, in Hollywood. Where It's big. I love it. Yeah. We all love it. It's something on the inside of most of us that love it. But there's those other people like, no, don't believe him. He's not reformed. Yeah. And a lot of times they still come back to bite you on the ass. Yes. Well, if they know, come back, we all was rooting for him. And then his true colors still came out at the end. Right. He killed your favorite character, whatever it is. You know, it's like, and all those other people, I told you he was evil. I told you that's the conspiracy <laughs> yeah. guys. I told you he was still wicked. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Snake is a snake is a snake. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. But yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. We were influenced a lot by Hollywood, unfortunately, too much. So uh, where we kind of think that that's reality. And like, you know, reality is what you're living, believe it or not, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's like watching an actor get up there and receive an award and give you this speech. Like they're playing a character in a persona right. yes. that is accepting a reward. Joe Rogan, he's in Hollywood. I listen to his stuff sometimes, yes. but he he's like, I can't. He's like, actors are creepy, man. Because yes, you because they they just know how to boom. Hey, this is who I am today. This is a role that I'm in. And he's yeah. like, and like, as far as the narcissism behind it, and yes. we're watching these people on TV, and they're not like us, man. No. And, and I mentioned Joe Rogan. Let me, and I throw this out there a couple of times. Joe Rogan's a, he's a bro. He's a mm -hmm. UFC commentary. He's one of us. But every now and then when you listen, they say stuff that's like, oh, wow. They tell you how they really feel about yes. the working class about yes. the people on the low level tiers of the mm -hmm. pyramid and they'll make little jokes and yeah. they'll say stuff about the guys changing oil at Jiffy Lube and they'll make yes. weird jokes. It's like, hold on, right. it's slipping out. Even though you're a bro and you're, you yeah. do, you're, you're like a billionaire, bro. Like you're, you know, but you're one of us, but it's not the case. And every now and then they let that stuff slip and I catch it and I'm like, that's man. I can't believe you said that, you know, yes. and it came out. Maybe not everybody catches it, but I caught it, man. Well, because let's face it, he gets a lot of a bigger audience if he establishes the commonality. He's one of the common people. He's one of, and, and, and of course, you just said it. He's one of the bros. I want to listen. I mean, to that, him. I, I, you know what? Maybe even Trump kind of. He's you know, Trump is not them. He's one of us. You know, there's that well, narrative that people know, are it, it, taking. It's, it's, it's this thing where you know you identify, even if it's not where they're at now, but their background. You know where they came from. You yeah. identify with it. And he's self-made. He didn't, you know. And right, right. And you know nobody what? gave him a platform. He created it. And you know? sometimes people, uh, yeah. I, and I've heard of that. And you know, it's very. Let's face it. And I'm all gonna go with the actors. What you do for a living? You're an entertainer. You pretend to be other people. You know. And sometimes <laughs> we. And I hate to say it, but sometimes people with with celebrities, they think they walk on water, and it's like you're just an. That's just an entertainer. You know. And that's the end of it. Yeah, and sometimes they don't live life at all in your universe. You know, the, the normal things all of us think of as, like what you said, I got to go change the oil in my car. Hey, I got to do this. I got to, they got people to do that for them. When do you think, you know, they, for better or for worse, which by the way, at the end of the day, really what you should be thinking about is how do I live my life, my life, my reality, okay? 
and not try to imitate them there so much because let's face it it's not going to work <laughs> but we always look at it as like oh and how many times have you seen these celebrities that look like they've got it made they're beautiful beautiful house a lot of money the car celebrity and then all of a sudden they commit suicide or their life just man it just implodes and you're like what or you find out these horrible things what I thought this person had this perfect life because that was what Hollywood or their handlers or whatever presented. Which you was allowed to see. Yeah. 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 So believe it or not, I'm going to say being average is usually the key to being happy. (laughs) You know, I I, I have found that being an average person, you have the best chances of being truly happy. And some of these people, you know, I don't know whether they're they're perpetually unhappy or have resigned themselves to be unhappy. But if you're into I want to be happy or contented, like which is I truthfully I truly think that's what fills the human soul. Being average is your best shot at being happy. And by this, I don't mean not to strive. Absolutely, I think you should strive and want things. I'm talking about when we're talking about upper 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 echelons. Let's say of the pyramid, like you said, the food chain in society. It might look like, man, I'd be thrilled if I was there. Probably not. <laughs> you know, probably not. Yeah. You, you you pick up on stuff every now and then and they let it out and they like they forget. It's almost like they forget that people are watching. Yeah. And I talked about like, um, what's his, uh, um, what is her name? Sandra Bullock, you know, in the uh, penis facial that she she gets. And uh, I didn't she was on Ellen. That. She was My God, Ellen. it is crazy. I talk about this all the time, but it's just an example. She was on Ellen and Ellen was trying to out her. Maybe they talk about this public humiliation. That is a, uh, something that the elites have to go through as right. well. But um, so she was on Ellen and Ellen was like, hey, tell us how you look so young. Because she's like 50 some years old yeah. and she looks like she's 23. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, I just take good care of myself. She's like, yeah, I know there's a product you use. What is it? And she was laughing like, well, it's a facial cream. What? We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks kind well it's uh you know what's it made out of and she was like trying to out her because she knew what it was and uh she's like well it's skin it's made out of a skin sandra bullock uses the four blended up foreskins from korean babies that is made into a paste that that helps her skin to look young vibrant and beautiful and they were just like laughing about it. And I was like, hold on, this isn't normal, man. Let me tell you this something. isn't normal. I, I, and they're I, I, laughing about it. And me, this is the it, kind of people we're talking about, you know? That, 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 you're going to tell me, okay, there's, I want, uh, here, here I'm going to go off. That has a flavor of vampirism. 
in a way. I hate to say it. You know, <clears throat> whether you want to look at it as a life force, that you might think, well, maybe we're just looking at the components of like what's in it, like organically, chemically. But if we look at it from a metaphysical, there's a flavor of vampirism, and you know that you know somebody has to collect those things. Like, or, you, you may get it in a tube. Well, you know, you know you've heard saying? of vampires. There's energy vampires besides yeah. the typical. If we go into that, you know, the, the actual blood, you know, suckers. As my, I, you can tell I just finished watching The Strain, the series. I binged on that for anybody that ever saw that, you know. But anyway, the, the come on. You mean you're so wealthy that you could probably get any facial cream out there that's not made of foreskin. <laughs> Oh God! Come on! I'd like ah, just technically. I'm sorry. I, I'd be. You like, want the one that works, and it just so happens to be the one that. Well, there's is not people that, um, that they've gotten those injections, those blood injections under the skin, and I'd mm -hmm. be like, man, just okay. I, I'm 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 all good with trying to look young and pretty and whatever. If you're an entertainer, but where do you draw the line? With just you're getting old. Hello, <laughs> it happens. Shelly in the chat says Angelina Jolie uses placenta on her face. I'm not surprised. Um, I'm but not yeah, surprised. if you, yeah, there's there's snippets all over the internet on just just type in Sandra Bullock facial cream. I mean, like they a lot of them have have covered it like it was a thing, but it's accepted and it's laughed about. And yeah, we, you don't know. And so then, I, and, I just and, think and it's and strange. Part of you man. wants to wonder, you know, like we were saying, how much of this is. Like what you said that Ellen was trying to out her, or maybe they're in on it. Like, okay, you know, this would be this would be great for the show. I want yeah, they thought it was funny. Yeah, you know, it was like a I funny. want you to play really reticent. Like you don't really want to talk about it, and then I'm yeah. going to keep asking you. And you know, oh, and, that's scripted. That yeah. that's scripted. You can't. You don't just go in there and just hey, we're going to wing it. No, you got publicists who are in the yeah. corner. Like a lot of time, even on Joe Rogan. They'll look at the publicist and he'll say, nope, we're not, we're not talking yeah. about it. Yeah, We're exactly. like a real conversation. You should better make up. Do you want to address this or not? In the same way, like all that stuff scripted. I get I get emails from publicists all the time and, and I got papers here. You have to ask them these questions. Yes. I'm not asking those questions. I'll try to weave some of them in if they're good. And, and, and mm -hmm. what happens a lot of times is I, I'll ask them naturally anyway because, you know, with their book and the things that they're promoting – but it's like this, you have to like send these people questions that we think is organic. And it's like, no, nah, this is all scripted. Right, exactly. Don't even like, know it. Talk about that, but don't talk about that other thing. And yeah, it's don't the same mention thing. this. It's and, like, come on, that's what I want to talk to you, you about. Know, You're telling me not to mention Think it. about it, you know. Here she's having this conversation. Oh, Sandra, you look so young. Yeah, I use penis cream, you know, versus, uh, <laughs> well, oh, you know, this cream. Really, really, but what is it? You know, so everybody's like, what, what is it? What is it? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's all entertainment, entertainment, not real life. And, uh, and, I, and I hate to say it because of the celebrity status you pointed out. It's like, it's just, of course, she's a celebrity. So she uses cream made out of baby's foreskin. That's really gross as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's like, God. Yeah, I think there's a price to pay for all of that stuff, yes. too. Whether it's the divine coming to collect at the end, you know, God yes. or, or whatever, you know, entities that you've made packs with that, hey, we, we gave you power, we gave you fame, now it's time yes. to pay up. So there's this thing of like wanting to live forever yes. with the elite because they don't want to pay the piper. Like well, everybody's got to give an account. So I, I believe that they I believe that they know that, um, you know, and that that's that's one of the, the differences where people again, people trying to live forever. Well, and, let me uh, tell you, did you, now that you mentioned that, you know, on Netflix, have you ever seen that series called Altered Carbon? No, I, I've heard of. It. I don't. I've watch never watched it, it though. because that's exactly the theme of wow. that. Your consciousness is basically down to a sliver, and you you're inserted. And if you have money, 
you get a new body, like a new skin suit, because your consciousness is like a little disc. And basically, wow. as long as the that body that you're using has no head trauma or to the neck, basically, and if you're wealthy and, uh, you know, basically you, you, you're immortal because you just get transferred yeah. from one body to the next. So watch, it's a very interesting, I mean, it's sci-fi, but the yeah. concept behind it is along the lines of what you're describing. Uh, when, when you're looking at, at some of these celebrities that uh, they talk about being time travelers as far as like in every century, there's like an identical pictures right. of a famous person that was yes, in, I've seen that. Uh, coming from wealthy families. They, we have their pictures and they look like they've, it's the same person. Uh, there's a bunch of them. There's like they, every, every. There was one that, the one ones I saw that I thought was really interesting just because he's, I, I like him as an actress, Keanu Reeves. Have you seen the one for Keanu? Keanu Reeves. What's the other guy played in The Knowing, uh, the big one? He's kind of like a knockoff actor now because he plays in so much stuff. Uh, Somebody help me out in the chat here. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, he's the, the main one to go to whenever you're thinking about the time traveler uh, actors. Um, I know the chat will help me out, maybe. Let me just type it in. Um, the Knowing Movie cast. Uh, what is his name? Nicholas Cage. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, Nicholas I Cage. Seen, I haven't seen the ones for Nicholas Cage. Oh, wow. Cage. Yeah, so that's, the, that's the convincing one for me is the Nicholas Cage one. I gotta look at that. There's all these old pictures of him. There's a bunch of them with the celebrities. It's interesting. And it's, a, it's an interesting theory. Yeah. Um, whether it's it's real or not, I will tell you that. I mean, a lot of a lot of these the celebrities we have, they look like some of these emperors, yes. and maybe they're even just from the the same bloodline. Maybe it's not they're not eternal. Maybe they are from the same bloodline. Like, hey, we got in. You know, there's a book called The Thirteen Bloodlines that talk about the Illuminati and the ones mm -hmm. who who rule the uh, who run the world or rule the world, whatever you want to say, but. Uh, uh, there was a little girl who did that uh, that science project and showed you how all the presidents and all the A-list celebrities were like distant relatives. Right. So like they you say know? 14, you know how that 14 degrees of separation like that. Yeah. If you, that's interesting. I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. I had not heard of that. Well, I don't know. How, when you talk about those packs, you've heard of the 27 Club, right? All those celebrities that have died when they're 27. And, oh, uh-uh. And there's a bunch of them. And it's almost along the same lines that they made a pact of fame. Um, oh yeah. So but, I mean, that makes sense with all the, uh, the all the um, that basically the rappers but, but, dying now, man. Right. Well, like the in other rappers. words, um, the twenty-seven is like you, you, you achieve, achieve the fame and the celebrity, and because you, of course, die when you're twenty-seven, you never grow old. Because that's way know, too young. Well, when you're a celebrity, 27 ain't long it, enough. But yeah, you're, you're, I see it as a thing now in most of these are big people. Uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, Janis mm -hmm. Joplin, Jim Morrison, Amy Winehouse. Um, I'm yeah. pretty sure the list just keeps going on and on. Yeah. Uh, that guy that uh, was on, um, oh God, that he was in the last Star Trek movies. Oh uh, God, what was his name? That he played Chekhov. You know, in the remakes of the new Star Trek movies. The name escapes me. He, that... His, his okay, jeep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. I can't believe I can't remember his name. Uh, he got run over by his own jeep. Yeah, really weird. Some some of them are suicides. Some of them are weird deaths. And part of the thought behind that is that you don't grow old. Since you die when you're 27, you're always remembered as in beautiful looking or, or whatever. Well, that, that's definitely true, though. With like uh, 
whether it's a conspiracy or not, as far as right. like making a pact with the government or the devil or well, whoever. Well, no, it's more like a metaphysical pact, kind of like a deal. Like you get that fame and fortune. And some of them, by the way, are trying to outrun it. You know, once you make the deal, then you want to renege and on it. And they're putting it in their music. How old was Tupac? Ah, uh, God. I don't know. How old was Tupac when he died? 25. Okay. But there's one um, called the 27 Club because of that. But I mean, I mean, that's the thing, though, <clears throat> is dying at the height of your career. Mm-hmm. That's what you're remembered as. I mean, right. we wouldn't be having this conversation about the you know, the legends, if you will, because we didn't get to see them, you know, fall. We didn't get to see right. the stars fall. We seen them die at the height of their right. of their their fame, whether we're talking about Tupac. Tupac is a legend. We didn't get to see him get caught up in fads and and right. some of these uh, uh, realms of hip hop music that came and only was stayed for three years. And now it's laughable that it was right. a thing. Like, I feel like what if he would have got up, got into some of that or did some of these songs with these people and uh, a, a good thing for me is is the group Bone Dugs and Harmony, mm-hmm. which they've continued putting out music over the years. And right. there's a lot of music that at this point is not good anymore, but they're continuing to put it out because they were legends or, or right. are living legends. And, and they don't get the respect that they their peers got, but all their peers are dead. When we're talking about yes. Tupac, Biggie Smalls, Easy e they're going to be remembered maybe right you know they're kind of bitter that their name isn't mentioned well, it's in the almost same like breath. you're famous because you died part of your fame because yeah, is- you were you didn't get we didn't get to see you fall right. like we got to see michael jackson fall though right oh, he was yeah. trying to make a yeah. comeback but we got to see him we got to see bill cosby fall yes. you know he's still alive but we got to see him fall it's not good r kelly we've seen him fall we're seeing all these stars well, fall, you know? What happens is that their legacy kind of like, because all these people, believe it or not, what they want is, is, especially if they grow older, is that they have some type of legacy, a body of work, okay? And some of them are smart and they kind of pull back and they fade like, hey, if that's it, I, I don't want to be out there in the public eye anymore because I'm not that person I was. And I'll work behind this. Well, Marilyn Monroe, everybody thinks Marilyn Monroe, she died when she was 36. All the, if you see any image of Marilyn Monroe, it was when she was beautiful. If she wouldn't have died and people would have seen her age, do you think she would be as famous as she was, as she is now? No. You know, any of them. I mean, Bob Marley, Kurt Cobain, these yes. people that are mentioned on this 27 club, like mm-hmm. there's so many of them because we didn't get to see him fall. Yes. No, you know, now they're immortalized at the top of their success. Tupac again, man. Right. You know, and, and I 20, hate to say 25. There's, a, there's a certain seduction about that. That's not good. But some people think, oh, yeah, you know what? I'll be famous, and it's like you know what? There's well, that was the creepy thing Kobe said, Kobe Bryant. With you know, I'm not, I don't, I know yeah. we're talking about some theories and stuff, right. but I'm not real big on conspiracy. Th- I'm not, I'm not big on people spouting facts. These are theories, right? And they try to look at these conspiracy theories as their facts, and this, these are just theories. So I'm cool with that. Right. But um, Kobe, he was telling people he wanted to die young. You want, he didn't want to. Yes. You know, he yes. wanted to be remembered at the height of his, his game and what he brought to the table. He, and he was conscious of this. He told Tracy McGrady that. And uh, right. Tracy McGrady spoke about it in, in an interview. So, and probably I mean, nobody a, wants to talk a, about that now because it's like, oh, my God. Exactly. And yeah, people yeah, don't yeah. realize if you think about something hard enough like that, and it, it sounds very, I want to say like, oh, it, 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 in theory, it's so romanticized, for lack of a better word. You die young, well-known, famous. Until you get there and you realize, I want to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who, 
Who thought it was a great idea to die young and famous? I'd rather, you know, that guy Kirk Douglas just passed away like a week ago. He was 104. You know what? And yeah, he was old and he fades the background. He had a, at the end of the day, I'd rather live my life. Yeah, peak, have my body of work, even if I have to go into the background. But you know what? The spotlight, the notoriety, the fame, it's not even about the money. That becomes, you, people become addicted to that, to having some type of recognition. Yeah, being forgotten. I mean, that's the oh. biggest fear. Being so, forgotten, you know, nobody knowing who you are. I mean, I was talking with a friend the other day about, you know, heaven and hell, you know, and there's these, there's a sect of Christianity that kind of like the Jehovah's Witnesses and some of those guys, Seventh-day Adventists, that believe in annihilation, that when you die, you cease to exist. And that's the, the fear of death is you don't, you're not even right. conscious that you're aware that you're here or gone and uh, or that you ever existed. And so for me, I'm like, burning in hell may be a better option. <laughs> because you, at least you you still exist, you know what I'm right. saying, and exactly. it's not that total oblivion or um, annihilation, you know. Well, and, and scary, and, and and for well, for let's say for somebody that this is how they've made uh, because a lot of people think of these people as that well they they became wealthy because of whatever they did, whether they were an actor or an entertainer or something. But but there's a lot of it that there's a lot of these people that they keep going that you go, man, how much money do you need? It's not about the money anymore. It's because they need some type of adulation, recognition, that they still matter, okay? And they refuse to. And then some of them, that's why sometimes they look at, they romanticize these people that were famous that died really young, or in some cases, tragically and unhappily. Oh, that, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, I'd rather live to be an old age. Thanks, you know. Even if, you know, my star shines and then it kind of eclipses, which, by the way, is usually what happens with celebrities. It's like, I'll deal with it, you know? But for some people, like those 27 Club, basically what they're saying is that they made a pact. They made some type of deal whether your star is going to shine bright and then it's going to go out. Yep. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I'm, I've been, I'm really big into the Bible, you know that, but mm -hmm. into the, you know what I'm saying, the metaphysical aspects of it, the, uh, the, the allegory, what does it represent? And Jesus's life representing humanity or 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 even representing our life and right. you know what I'm saying revelation talking about these different things that we go through um and then the stars falling right again the right. stars falling and and how it's likened to you know our stars and our 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 idols that 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 fall from the heavens and are cast out and uh, and cease to exist you know you could definitely see the parallels there with the stars being cast out the fallen angels even you know being right. cast out of the the, the heavens of Hollywood or notoriety and fame, you know? Well, what it would, really what it comes down to is what fuels your being from the beginning. And getting back to what you were saying with this thing with uh, what's her face with the penis is mm -hmm. that we also have in our society a fear of becoming old, which is the, no it happens to all living things, by the way. It's, yeah. You know, oh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think like, you know, if you can. Aging gracefully. Well, you know what? They, and then there's a, a line of thought that says people sometimes act their age because society dictates, hey, when you're that age, this is how you look and this is how you behave. I'm against yeah. that. Don't become old before your time either. But at the same time, there's these people that become fanaticized that they don't want the clock to go forward for them at all. You know, and it's like, what is going on? I don't on? think any of us want to. I mean, that's the yeah. biggest scary thing. But it's like, what are you going to do when you find out? You know, like, right. like, when, like when you start going and we see these these pious people or 
uh, even the, in the Christian realm, getting so much plastic surgery done to they, they're starting to look weird. They look <laughs> weird. And it's like, hold on, you guys are supposed to be a symbol of virtue and, and beauty and aging and being graceful women, but you guys are getting all this right. work and you're in the, your pastor's wives and ministers and leader. Like, we knew Hollywood does that. Yeah. But when you guys are competing with right. Hollywood, it's like, yeah. hold on, y'all is, it's the same, y'all from, from the same cloth. And, and the thing you guys is, are like, the elite like, nobody's, too. nobody's gonna notice. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, oh my goodness, it's so get, crazy. Where did you get such puffy lips like that? You know. <laughs> yeah, and I hate to say that because I mean, I, I got friends who who are doing it, and they're religious leaders, and they're getting a lot of work done. But for me, it's like, you know, we, we want to hold on to some type of like humanity, or yes, you course. know, the state of, of of just natural, the natural order yes. of life, and of course. and uh, of course. and things, and. You know, all of us like should my on the side. My my hair's graying here on the side. Should I dye it? Part of me wants to dye it. The other half is like, no, let it go ahead and come out, do its thing. You know, and then, I pull maybe, the grays right. out of my beard sure, and put on the facade. A lot of people think I'm a lot younger than I am. You know, and uh, so it's like, hey, do I be young and hip? You know, and be a rapper and you know yeah. all of these things that these these personas. Yes that you have they have rules that come with them oh you can't do that and well you know what and, and, and you know what i, I I'm, I'm on board you know with, like you said i'm gonna dye my hair and, and you know what and i'm and i want to buy some some uh cream from uh the 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 that, that i can make myself these wrinkles. that's okay that's i i understand that i get that you know that's fine the yeah. problem comes we did it again Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. when you want to escape the reality that you're a human being that's going to age no matter how much and then that's when you start when people do these surgeries that Panicking. they start looking like man you're not you're stopping you're not human you, you know you got stuff on your face that you pull that thing any more tighter you know and you know like that then you know we're talking i think now i can see hollywood man but it's the weird thing when it happens in in the church yes. you know what yeah. i'm saying because yeah. you because they're on a different level for me but right. but really it's like there's a reason that these people are like mega yes. pastors and they have deals and all the book deals and it's not free. You know what I'm no. saying? Well, you know, they would be honest about it, but with know. all of these different movements and these religious leaders or world leaders, we're talking about Hitler and Trump and all of these guys, they've always had the church behind them. Well, they've always had their spokesmen in the religious right. Trump has, Trump is like, it's been interesting as a Christian watching Trump get the religious right around him. And they're trying to teach him Christianity. Right, he like, right. doesn't he's, know how to hold the Bible, which way to hold it. Oh, yeah. They're teaching him how to pray. 
They're laying hands on him. He's looking at him funny. Like, what are you? <laughs> get your hand off of me, dog. I don't let anybody touch. Like, like this, they're teaching him Christianity. And it's been interesting to see. And, uh, you know, but but the, the, the church has always been there with these leaders. And, you know, and it doesn't mean they're righteous just because, you know, they stand, the supposedly if, stand. If, just because they have a Bible. Put it if that you want to reach the masses, that is the way you reach the masses. Uh, I hate to say it, especially now with television and, you know, Insta. Before you had radio and newspapers and, you know, of course, that's why. But now the way the, the media works, if you want to reach the masses, and when I talk the masses, we're talking worldwide. We're not even talking, you know, locally. That's how you do it. This is how you, you know, for you have to be. It's called, it's called media training, too. Like, yes. it's media training. Yes. You know, you have to be taught. There's a lot of these new people who become viral and they get an agent, they put them through media training. Yes. Again, telling them what to speak on. Don't say this. Don't you ever say that. Yes. Do this. This is how Christians act, you know, in the Trump case. And uh, it's just yes. been interesting. I can see it, man. Well, then, you it's know, and then that, that you're saying, where was the jump off point where this stopped being something spiritual and it became a money making uh, entertainment thing? You see what I'm saying? And that's the problem right there where we run into where where yeah. one thing it, it becomes it's it's transformed into something else and uh, unfortunately when the, when the people are looking for some of these leaders for spiritual guidance you know uh or messages of hope they're it's like this is not the person you you think is really going to give you what you should be believing in yeah you know what and the end we'll, we'll tie this in with going back to what i said at the beginning when the ceo the head honcho from the company came right and cared everybody he had a persona you know and it's like oh this guy and then i i was able to meet him he was a regular man but there was this persona this 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 uh uh reputation that preceded him yes something that's not real it wasn't real right it was it was made up it was marketed it was be on your best behavior. He's coming and he, or he catches you doing something bad. He'll fire you. And I met him. He's a regular guy. I mean, yeah. there's no reason, to, you know, have this weird reverence or respect for this no. guy. I These mean, guys one, are individuals. One thing is to, like to, yeah. to respect somebody because he's another human being or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, we, we, we kind of get put into this inferior position where this, you know, this person, like you said, everybody's like, oh, man, dot your I's and cross your T's and things like that. Um, because you'll put up with stuff from those people that you wouldn't put up from no, with from normal people. I mean, tell you Trump that. too. I've worked. I've worked in big corporate. Bringing uh, Trump into it, but it's a perfect. Standard. And I've seen stuff that things that got overlooked because these people had positions of power in the structure, the food chain of the organization. That I want to tell you something. Almost like what happened with Weinstein, where people knew what was going on, but they turned a blind eye. Why? Because hey, uh, I'm not going to cross. I don't want that person. I don't know if it's discernment or what, but I remember in that's an overwhelming number of plots in movies and daytime drama where the, I mean, that was the plot. The, the model was trying to break out into Hollywood, trying to be an actress, and they sent her in the room with the old man, the old exec, um, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The whole, the guy who was the CEO, the executive, the writer. Yes. You need to see him. And then she comes out, she wipes her mouth. Right. And he says, you got the role. You got the part. Yeah. There was so many movies that came out and people were like, where did, where did this come from? 
Well, this wasn't was, nothing new. This was something in, uh, that everybody knew about. Back in uh, when Hollywood started, you know what they called the casting couch, you know, which was you wanted that part. Where does that come from, right? Yes. Casting couch. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that that's that's what that, that's from the very origins of when Hollywood, even I think before the talkies, when you know there was silent film, that that's really where you became famous because before then it was only radio, and then you know the silent films. Yeah, that was like it was part and parcel. If you were going to be a, an actress out there. You were going to have to go to the casting couch if you wanted to part. The Caesars, you know, and all these other nations and, and, and mm -hmm. the kings, what what would they do before before they would allow the young girls to marry a peasant or a warrior? What did they have to do? Well, you had to come sleep with the king first. Right. You lost your virginity to the king. Right. It then was, you were sent out, out there was, into the world. It what was, you, this stuff is ancient, man. This stuff is not oh, new. Oh, yeah, no, that, what they call the Rata Seigneur, which is he was, if he was the, let's say, if he was the lord over that, you know, what you said, the peasants, fiefdom, depending on what age, and it was known that you were going to marry he, the, your, your wedding night, you would go to him. And, of course, that would always put the doubt if she ever became pregnant, whose child it was. Um, you remember that movie Braveheart, right, with Mel Gibson? Yeah. How yeah, yeah. they go and they marry in secret? Mm -hmm. he, did, he did it because if yeah. it became known they were going to marry the guy was going to demand for her to go and spend, you know, or give her virginity up to the Lord. And then, of course, again, if she got pregnant, you know, there would always be that fear. Well, whose child is it really? So, yeah, that that, that goes back hundreds of years. So, yeah. It's deep. Yes. And there's nothing new under the sun, literally. This stuff just repeats itself. Yeah, and there's signs and symbols that are begging history. you to look a little bit closer and a little bit deeper. Yep. We think it's new. We of think course. this is all brand it's new. All just us. for us. It's the now thing. It's, you know what, and despite everything, you know, and I know a lot of people say, oh my God, humanity is doomed. I personally don't think that. If you look back at history, I think the value of human life has risen. We make a lot of mistakes and there's still a lot of things we have to fix. But overall, I think we have become a lot, lot better than we used to be. We've made improvements. I think so too. I think the collective and of the consciousness of the people is shifting. And so that's why it's, that's why it's po polarizing the leaders. Yeah. That's why this stuff isn't the stuff that, uh, is we're not, we, we don't, we're not going to let it fly. We're not going to let the, uh, the facial cream fly. Call <laughs> yeah. it, no, no more. Exactly. Except you need to boycott like it, boycott that facial cream. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But it's just a symbol, right? Because people are, people are, 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 are um, a rising tide rises all the ships, right? And so right, I think exactly. that enough people are waking up and choosing yeah. light, cho choosing love, meditating, you know, mm -hmm. seeking out spiritual practice, doing the inner work, finding healing. And just us as a people, yes. it's contagious. Other people begin to do it. And uh, so, yeah, there's definitely hope for humanity and there's hope for us as individuals as well, I, you know, I, to I be a light in the midst of yes. this darkness. We are going to overcome. I, I truly believe it, I, despite sometimes we're fed a lot of stuff to alter our consciousness. I, and I know that sometimes we become molded to do bad things. Overall, I do believe in the goodness of humans. I do. And I think that overall that, that that's going to win the day, even though sometimes it doesn't look like it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really go this route a lot and talk about the elites and the conspiracies and stuff, but I'm definitely well studied on it. Um, and it, it, it changes the atmosphere a little bit at ending a show like this, you yeah. know, it's like, we've been talking about all of this evil agenda and these demons and, yeah. and uh, you know, they, and our leaders are involved with ancient spirits and all, I know, you know, I, child I, I, it trafficking. It's like, how do, 
how do you end it on a good note? Obviously, we're talking about how to end it with like there's hope for humanity, yes. right? There's spiritual practice. There's just so much that uh, that's happening that's good. But uh, how do you end it on a, on a good note? There's this. Some, there's been some episodes that at the end they were going good, and we got to the end. I'm like, oh man, I I had to apologize to the audience because well, we got. You know so- what? I I think that we're very powerful, and I think that at the end of the day, it's 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 your individual choices, the choice you make, and sometimes people think. Well, what do I matter? You know, if I'm good, if I'm a good person or I try to do the right thing, what does that matter? I'm just like one person out of what, billions? Yeah. And I, I beg to differ. I think that if you make that individual choice, we are all very powerful, in, even within our individual. And if you have a bunch of individuals making the right choice, then like you said, overall, the outcome will be positive. It's just that it's not going to, it's a, it's a daily thing. You know, sometimes we need time to pass a look backwards and say, it, my, by me doing the right thing, whether it's on a physical level or on a consciousness level for a group of people, I think the outcome will be positive. That's why you keep a lot of animals around you. Oh, yeah. Can you tell? Because they're, they're benevolent. Because they Believe love you. They're not, good. Those, those, those are my <laughs> hens that are clacking because they, they start going into egg laying right now and Hens, when they're going to start laying eggs, yeah, they might make a lot of weird sounds. And pretty soon they'll be looking at me through my window like, we want more food. Because they're always hungry, even though they're very well. My little dog is so animated. He does all that crap. Like, I put a a video of him on Instagram the other day. He he makes these little noises and trying to communicate and talk and learning and stuff. And it's just so interesting how we communicate with, with them. And they're just a, you know, part of the family, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So believe me, I'm, they, I, I know I kid that thing about me being the food source, but I know my animals, they're like, yeah, uh, they, they, they're in sync with me. <laughs> you said food and the, the dog, he's waking up on the couch. He's yeah, so that's cute. That's one too. of them. That's one of them. I closed the door, but no, the, uh. as a matter of fact, when I'm working, my last book I dedicated to the 10 of them because they're my writing companions. They'll, they'll sleep under my feet. And then I'll read something to them and they all look at me like, that's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. It's funny. Like my, my little dog, a lot of times he'll come lay under my feet and um, I have a, uh, a grounding pad, uh-huh. grounding mat, and he'll lay on it right up under my feet. Yeah. And it's exactly. like hanging out in here when I'm doing it. But if the male lady comes and he'll just start barking, it really makes sure it's just really loud in, in the sensitive mic. So but yeah, yeah our, our animals are, are awesome but um hey go ahead and plug your website people can check no, out well, your they can go to marlene pardo dot com that talks about all my shows my books and my as i'm an, I'm an author or marlene miami goes chronicles.com those are the two best websites that you can find whether it's my work who i am you know the books i'm writing uh you know and like i said i have links there to either the videos on youtube or the podcast on the different uh, platforms that are out there can get a link depending you know if you've got a certain platform that you listen to that you use for your podcast i've got links for the show from either of those websites awesome good stuff in in the episode that we did should be available soon right yes 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 and i will send you uh an email with it as soon as it comes up good stuff well thanks so much my friend i really oh, enjoyed it we'll have it to do wonderful. it again take care darling enjoy the conversation my friend bye-bye later bye-bye bye-bye Wow. All right, guys, that was a great conversation. And 
Wow, I don't think I got anything to add. What can I add? I'm... I think we talked about everything. Very interesting. Very interesting. Because, and I've said about it before, you know, sometimes we see a lot of world events. And, I'm, you know, usually, by the way, when I, I record my other shows, I try to do it towards the end of the day so that you don't hear what you're hearing right now, which is all my chickens clucking because everybody now is playing probably laying eggs. They do that first thing in the morning or right about now. Okay. But anyway, sometimes, you know, we look at world events and we just see it from a physical, like, uh, perspective of what, what does that do to my world as in my reality? You know, whether it's, you know, uh, I'm going to say, for example, uh, coronavirus, you know, what, what is the impact? But that thing about sometimes there's being a metaphysical uh, play behind the scenes that doesn't obvious. Yes, I think that there is a lot of instances where that is exactly what happens. It's just not obvious. Or that the reason why that was made to happen the way it was is because it serves a purpose on a metaphysical level. And I hate to say it, if it's negative, it's usually for some negative uh, outcome, for some negative reason, something. And, you know, we spoke about, um, uh, you know, when, when, when there's a lot, huge loss of life or injury, as in blood and, and blood sacrifices. And, but you know what? There's a negative. When you scare a bunch of people, humans, there's a negative output from that. And, you know, I'm sure some of you have heard of, like, negative vamp uh, energy vampire. And, you know, everybody thinks on the metaphysical level or, or dark beliefs as in, the actual sacrifice or whatever. But when you cause fear to be experienced by humans on a big level, whether it's fear for the families, fear for their health, fear for that puts out a negative wave. If you want to look at it. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, the book that is used just as much as if you uh, kill a bunch of people. And I'm talking here on a, on a larger scale. But it goes from the individual upward, depending on what you're trying to achieve. And the reason why I say that is sometimes we're at the mercy of what we hear in the media. That, and I've talked about this before, what I call the industry of fear. Where we're made to fear so many things on a constant basis that it kind of feels like we're always afraid of something, you know. And there's, there is looking at it and, and then again and i don't want to fall into the conspiracy theorist thing but there's something that we put out when we fear when we suffer you know not imminent danger i'm not talking about something somebody coming to attack you there's times when fear is absolutely appropriate and you need that fear to galvanize you to defend yourself or defend your family or defend your home that's different i'm not talking about that i'm talking about that fear of uh my health uh you know the world uh, the, the, where it's out of proportion to what's there. And the true objective is to have large amounts of people existing in fear because we put this thing out when we're in fear, uncertainty, or if we're told through the media or whatever that this is going to, you know, wipe out humanity or, or there's no hope or... And let me tell you something, that those negative effects on a metaphysical level have does serve some purpose for some other people to hold us enthralled. Because when people are afraid, 
they don't move forward. They don't make plans. They're worried. Their existence might be interrupted. They, they stop growth. Growth is stunted uh, because you're, all your energy is being used up and being worried and being scared for yourself, for your kids, for your family, for, for your animals, for your, you know, whatever encompasses for your job. When you're caught up in fear, you don't grow. You don't expand. You don't imagine. You don't make plans because if it's bad enough, you're thinking, what am I going to plan for? I might not even be around for the planning part or for the end of this. So, yeah, I mean, we could do a whole show about that. But anyway, guys, I hope you liked it. I thought it was great. Um, truthseeker.com. That's T, truth as an S-E-E-K-A-H. He has great podcasts. And it was a real pleasure to be on his show. And pretty soon, you guys... Well, no, probably by the time you hear this, uh, the show that he did with me will already been released. So again, guys, thank you so much for being part of my audience. Take care. And again, don't forget, you can visit at MarlenePardo.com or MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Take care. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks.